0: Good morning, it is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Last show before I head away for a little bit. Really cool thing that happened yesterday. My wife started panicking about the weather. Because we're supposed to get, you know, rain tomorrow. Like a tiny, teeny, 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 teeny bit of snow mixed in, which is going to be washed away by all of the rain. And so we we're supposed to fly out at three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. By the way, it's gone full Scotty Farrell today. I like,
1: like it. I like it. I'm
0: barely limping to the finish line this week. Lunchbox. <laughs> what we got on the show tonight, lunchbox? It's better than when it sounds like Alex Jones. That's that's the that's the rough one. Um She was like, Hey, hey, I'm I'm worried that if what if they cancel the flight? I'm like, Well they're not gonna cancel the flight for rain. That doesn't work that way. She said, but if if they do, then we're going to miss the cruise. Which also isn't true because we could just fly out Sunday morning. (sighs) I said, baby, the only other time we could fly would be 6 a.m. tomorrow. We're obviously not doing that. She said, yes, that. So I got to get two kids to the airport at four in the morning tomorrow. So whatever you're doing with your day, I promise you, you're going to be having a better time than your pal GC. Oh, boy. Ravens-Steelers tomorrow. That's what really matters. Obviously, what really matters is the games that are coming after that for the Baltimore Ravens. But Ravens-Steelers tomorrow on ABC and ESPN. Joining us now, he will be on the call for tomorrow's game. He is Mr. Lewis Riddick from ESPN, and he's back with us now here on GCR Lewis, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning.
2: Yeah, not a problem at all. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, Lewis. I, I just wonder, given your, um, you know, your, your front office acumen, if you could try to put into context, we were talking about this this week, separate the Lamar Jackson contract, which right now looks like you know genius, right? And there's a lot of other teams that are mm-hmm. probably kicking themselves. The mm-hmm. rest of the offseason, the, the litany of moves that were, at the time they were made, we all kind of said, okay, whatever, at best, if not, what are they doing? Um, Nelson Aguilar and Arthur Millette and Ronald Darby and Jadeveon Clowney and Kyle Noy was in season. I, it, I was thinking about this this week. I, I think this is actually maybe one of the greatest off-seasons of all time that Eric DaCosta and the Ravens front office put together because almost every single move they have made... like. Rocky Asin might have been the worst move they made this offseason, and even he's been helpful in moments. Odell Beckham has been wonderful. Like I, I'm blown mm-hmm. away by how incredible the offseason proved to be for the Baltimore Ravens.
2: Yeah, look, I mean, this this team has had a long history, man, of being able to tie the front office together with the coaching staff and make it all work together, and that's really what the key is, right? I mean, every offseason is not going to be as, productive as maybe this one was for Baltimore, but you always have a shot when you have the kind of continuity and consistency and working relationship that exists here in Baltimore. And we just talked, we were just talking with uh, with John Harbaugh about that yesterday, about why this season is as special and has been as special as it is. Like, it, it's it's easy to just You know, I I think a lot of times when we're talking about the NFL, we just talk about these guys and these teams as if because of how it looks on paper, that it should just all work and that this Mm -hmm. team should be better than this team, this team should be better. But it's more than that. And I think that's kind of what's happening here in Baltimore. Like Odell going, I don't know, five, six other places, maybe doesn't jive and mesh and, and feel as good as he does here because of the culture that they have here because of the kind of relationships that that exist here. Nelson like Nelson Aguilar has had had a well traveled uh, career already. Yep. But obviously what's going on in that wide receiver room, you know, headed by now a new coach and Greg Lewis, who john brought in here who was with Andy in Kansas City, Greg has tapped into the potential of this group. Um, and gotten them to work in concert with everything else that is going on offensively with a new offensive coordinator to the point where everyone's going, well, damn, that's a great move by, you know, by Eric DaCosta and I News. Man, that was a great move to get Odell in here and to get Nelson in here. And, you know, Rashad's starting to pay off, you know, when, when he's on the field and when he's healthy and he's feeling good. And Zane looks like a tremendous traffic. Well, there's a lot more to it. This is a well, well-oiled machine here. Where, and that always gives you a chance when ownership front office coaches, assistant coaches, players all work as one. And when you go over there and you talk to these guys, and we spent a couple hours over there yesterday, and I've known John Harbaugh for the better part of 30 years, going back to our days together at the University of Pittsburgh, it's not a shock. His belief in Lamar Jackson, okay, is something I don't even know, maybe the city of Baltimore really understands how much he loves this, this young man yeah. and how much he believes in him and what he's trying to get done. But it's it's like it's bigger than just football. It's bigger than just winning games. And maybe we'll get into that a little bit tomorrow on the broadcast, but it's bigger than that. It's like a personal thing for John to see Lamar do yeah. well.
3: Yeah.
2: I, and, it's, and it's really cool. And on the defensive side, I, let me just finish by saying this. Again, they bring in Denard Wilson as the new defensive back coach from Philadelphia. They hire Chuck Smith, who used to who was tutoring um, up-and-coming pass rush specialists in preparation for the draft. I mean, Denard Wilson is working magic back there in the secondary with all the injuries that they've had. Chuck Smith has taken Jadavion Clowney and raised his game to him, um, taking it to another level. Kyle Van Noy, I mean, he comes from a winning program. But he has bought into the kind of culture that John has established here. And this is what makes personnel acquisition all the better, is when you already have a great culture, then you add some great coaches, then you add great character people. That's why this team is the number one seed in the AFC. Lewis, that's really well That's said why they man. are. It's not an accident.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can hear it in your voice. That's really well said, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Lewis, I, I, a bunch of stuff that I want to cover, but you brought up the wide receivers. And, and as you'd imagine, in Baltimore, there's some there's some trepidation, right, this week. There's some, hey, you know, we saw this four years ago with the Ravens steamrolling teams and being the number one yeah. seed, and it didn't work out for them. And I think a lot of us have been trying to explain you know, nobody can see the future. Nobody knows what's going to happen in these games. But I, I, yeah. I, as good as that team was, I just think this team is that much better. And to me, mm-hmm. it kind of starts with those wide receivers. And, and, and Lamar being even better than he was when he was unanimous MVP that year. But, like, just I, I don't see a, an obvious weakness on this team the way that you could in 2019 if they were able to, if, you, if a team was able to take them out of what they wanted to do with running the ball a billion times, you could beat them. Sure. I, I don't know what the, you know, the roadmap is to beating the Ravens other than hoping that the Ravens beat themselves.
2: Yeah, they, they are, from their perspective, they're much more multiple now. Um, the run game is still, you know, the, the pillars of what Greg Roman put into place here are still here. When they run the football, it is the kind of philosophy that he implemented here. And that he implemented when he was in San Francisco before that. And it's still something that John believes in. Now, John just wanted to make sure that this offense though took the next step. And that's why he hires Todd who for all intents and purposes is really like one of those guys who believes in the passing game love the passing game, is a master of the passing game, and when you blend it with what is already in place here offensively, you're right. It makes them make the most dangerous offense that they've had here probably in, in John's in John's tenure. It's remarkable. And it's taken like like Lamar has taken another step in his development, and it's not just because of the wide receivers and how good Odell, Zay, Rashad, Nelson. It's not just because of how good they are. The development of Isaiah likely. It's because also there's there's things underneath the surface that obviously people here know. But the moving of T. Martin from wide receiver coach to quarterback coach, mm. that is a huge, huge, under the radar move that is paying off. Like I can't say that it's good, that it's contributed a certain number of percentage points or a certain increase in efficiency uptick for Lamar, but I can tell you this: the relationship between him, that being Lamar and T, and what T can help him with in real time during games because he played the position, it's invaluable. It's imba- and it's all clicking together offensively when this offensive line is healthy. Look, the combination of Ronnie, John, Tyler, you know, when when Kevin's 100 percent healthy, and then you know Morgan Philele when they work him in there, McCary has proven to be someone who can hold down the fort when they need him to. Yeah. Thanks, Cleveland played good last week. Yeah, they're they've got depth. They've got harmony. Isaiah likely. Like, we all know how good Mark Andrews is. I mean, we we all know what he's I, done. I think likely
0: top ten, Lewis. Like I,
2: I'm well, not kidding. No, look, look, Isaiah's the truth, man. Yeah, he he showed he showed that at Coastal. He just didn't run a good forty time when he came out, and everybody was like, "Well, he won't be able to uncover. He won't be able to do this. He won't be able to do that in the NFL. It's a different game, but." Isaiah's just—he—he's showing it. Like they, they get it. Eric DeCosta gets it. Ozzy gets it. They know exactly what John wants. They know what kind of players. It's—it's kind of, it's a well, well-oiled machine. And you're right. It doesn't—it's a machine that doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. There's certain things that still people try to do to Lamar, to try and slow him down. Pittsburgh is about as good at doing that kind of thing as anyone. Yeah. They know how to play him to give him some issues. And then defensively, look, I think mean, we, we, we know that this is a team that can rush the passer, has great you know, when you have dual pro bowlers, pro bowlers at the inside linebacker position, that's saying something. Okay, what, what Patrick and Roquan are doing is just ridiculous. And when, when they're healthy in the back end and when they're at full strength, and Kyle Hamilton, remember now what people said about Kyle Hamilton when he was drafted here. People thought that Eric would, had lost his mind. Right, like, why are you drafting a safety that high? Why do we need to draft the safety 14th overall? Well, now you see why. Because yep. he's the closest thing to Sean Taylor since there was Sean Taylor. And, he's, and he, and in many ways, can do more things than what Sean was allowed to do when I was with him in Washington. So that, that says enough in itself right there.
0: That's that is powerful, and I and we see exactly. You know, they lined him up as a defensive tackle a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's, it's well, bomb. he can
2: play. The, he can play. He can play the nickel. He can play okay. the dime it's linebacker. Bomb. He can play free. They can. He can put. They can put him at corner if they needed to. It's
0: crazy, and he plays it well. Actually, that's the crazy part. He is Lewis that's right. Redick. That's right. Uh, he's on the call. Ravens Steelers tomorrow. ESPN and ABC at four thirty. Lewis, if I if I could, because it's almost religious talking about Lamar Jackson right now. What what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It, the way the game has slowed down for him, the zone that he's in, the way he doesn't panic, the, the the fact that he's not like allowing anything. Like We see all of these videos of him on the sideline when guys are starting to celebrate and he's on top of them like, no, nah, we're not doing that. Like, we have bigger mm-hmm. fish to fry. I don't care about MVP. He's so hellbent on winning a Super Bowl. I, I, I'm not trying to, like, it's difficult because we see him and we don't see every other quarterback. And maybe, every, you know, there's seven other guys that are exactly like Lamar Jackson. But how do you describe mm-hmm. what you're watching? Because it's really, I, I compared it last week to, like, Aretha Franklin singing that opera when Luciano Pavarotti got sick at the uh, the, the Grammys a few years ago. Like, it really is a level of brilliance that I'm not sure that we can compare to much of anything that we've seen in this city in, in maybe the history of professional sports here.
2: Yeah. Lamar Lamar represents what a lot of people um, can really identify with as far as he is the paradigm setter. I mean, he's the standard setter. He's reshaping what you think, quarterback needs to look like how quarterbacks need to play how quarterbacks quite honestly need to act look all of it he's reshaping it on the field and off the field okay that's big picture which is huge and some people love that some people still aren't comfortable with it which is huge too which is another talking point lamar's touching all points of society so to speak both the sports world and the non-sports world so he, he's, he's bigger than life right now, and it's only going to get bigger when they actually crown him as, you know now a two-time MVP. But even for him, he understands that ultimately for him to totally silence everyone and put all those people who want to pull out, well, he hasn't won a Super Bowl. Well, you know, he isn't as good of a passer as some of the other traditional quarterbacks. Are. Well, he knows that the, the one thing that he could always whack them all over the head with would be a Super Bowl trophy. And then he could say, look, say what you want. But the guy who you talk about as the greatest quarterback and the greatest player ever in the history of the NFL, you talk about him that way, not because of his ability. You talk about him that way because of what his accomplishments were. And as a team, as the leader of a team, and that being Tom Brady. And he knows until he gets that, people will always continue to poke and prod and pick at his game. And so that's why you see him... Like, he ain't about really, like, all these, all these regular season wins and stuff, I mean, they're cool because they, they set you up to get to the dance and hopefully get to what is ultimately, you know, the biggest game in sports, and he'll, hopefully he can win it. That, that's, what, that's really what, that, that, that's the only thing that really matters to him. And they have taken his game, and we talked about this just, just a minute ago. John knew that he needed to ta- help him take his game to another level and that the way the offense was constructed before wasn't going to take him to that level. He needed a guy like Todd Monken to go ahead and broaden this offense out. And now they've given Lamar more responsibility than he's ever had to control everything at the line of scrimmage in a way maybe he never controlled it before, especially when you're talking about the pass game. And that's why you're seeing now he has all the answers. Or he has most of them, let's put it that way, which makes him just stupid dangerous.
0: It's it's so cool for us, Lewis. I, yeah. I know I know I can't keep you all day, but if I, I could, I just want to squeeze in um, something about tomorrow. I, I know it's yeah. easy for everybody on the outside to say, "Hey, the Ravens have nothing to play for," and I you know I actually think this is a big day for Tyler Huntley because he's going to be a free agent in the off season. I think he would like to uh-huh. to showcase himself as much as possible, and you know he's proven himself to be capable. He's obviously not Lamar Jackson, but who is? Um, I, I don't know. I don't think this is just as simple as the Ravens roll over. I, I don't think that's in John Harbaugh's blood. Like I, I just, I think the man wants to win preseason games that definitely don't count. Like I, I think that if the Ravens are in a game in the second half, whoever's on the field is going to be competitive and go try to win it.
2: I can tell you without, beyond the shadow of a doubt, and with one thousand percent certainty, this, there is no roll over in the Ravens vocabulary nor in their competitive makeup. The guys who line up tomorrow will be playing to win. And they understand who's coming in. And one of the ways that they put it was, Yeah, we have a first round bye. Yeah, we've locked that up. Yeah, we have the you know the, the luxury of having an extra week now to kind of get our guys healthy and all. But it's it's Steelers Week. It's Steelers Week. And the Steelers have gotten the best of them for whatever, for different, for various reasons. They've gotten the best of them on the scoreboard, and they don't like that. They don't like that at all. And so from coaches to players, and we talked to both, they're taking this game very serious. You think they want the Steelers coming in here on national TV, imposing their will, pushing them around, and winning this football game on their turn? Hell no. No, 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 no. That is not going to be the way – that is not the way they're approaching this game, and I can promise you their their effort will exemplify that tomorrow. And then, promise
0: you. And then before I let you go, could I just ask you a thought? I think a lot of us the, – the Ravens, I, it doesn't matter right now. This is going to be a good problem to have if you win a Super Bowl. But um, sure. Patrick Queen coming up free agency, Justin Matabike coming up for free agency. I, I think there's a belief along yeah. among a lot of people that, hey, you can't pay both of them and – you already paid Roquan Smith, and you gave him $100 million. Yeah. That's probably all of the money that you can spend at inside linebacker. Patrick Queen has been unbelievable. I mean, and it started even before Roquan Smith arrived last season. He, he flipped the switch mm-hmm. and has been gold. Is it mm-hmm. as simple as, hey, there just has to be a limit? You can't spend all of this money on off-ball linebackers? Or is there a world in which you say, I, I'm not writing off Patrick Queen having a future in Baltimore?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't write it off. I mean, obviously there's limits. That's what unfortunately the salary cap does to you, but you're absolutely right. They love, I mean, just think about the circumstances under which Patrick has really proven himself. Like, yeah, he he's gonna get, he's gonna get his for sure. And this is a guy who was doubted. There was question about whether or not he had a long-term future here. And he has flipped the switch and he has taken it to another level. And roquan has played a part in that as far as helping him motivating him supporting him if you're building a football team you know and you're and you're ranking all the positions in a hierarchy one through 22 offensively and defensively every day all day inside outside pass rush will always rate over off ball linebackers sure in the grand scheme of things so justin considering what he has done this year and the season he's put together and what he brings to the table, too, in terms of his competitiveness, positivity, the energy he brings into that building, the way they talk about him. Oh, they're going to make him a priority. He's going to be the priority. Yeah. But Patrick, he's going to win either way. He's either going to win here or he'll win somewhere else. And we know the NFL stands for not for long. So wherever he goes, whether it be staying here or going somewhere else, you have to do nothing but tip your cap to the guy for what he put together over the past two years and what it ultimately is going to uh, result in for him. And every guy over there, and we talked to Roquan yesterday, is happy as hell for him.
0: At L. Riddick ESPN on Twitter is how you follow him. And again, tomorrow, 4.30 on ESPN and ABC. Lewis, I always enjoy our conversations, but this one today like stirred my soul, man. This was. Uh, I appreciate you, man. This was awesome. Really appreciate <laughs> Thank- you, dude. You got it. Thanks for having me on. Lewis Riddick with us here on GCR. Boy, that was something, right? Jeez, that was, man, listening to Lewis Riddick talk about the Ravens was like powerful, dude. He's, he's, he's feeling it, like he is. It's cool to hear him too, the priority that he put on, because I don't know that we've talked about the position coaches much. I don't know that's something we have focused on Necessarily, right? I think a lot of people brought up Chuck Smith, right? Because it really is the the most the most amazing part about all of this. If you looked at all of the stories, all of the the subplots, I would say making these kind of I don't want to say also ran. That's an unfair way of describing them. But like guys that a- appeared to be at the end. Jadeveon Clowney, Kyle Van Noy. You're inclined to say, how? How did this happen? And I think that we are, as much as we, we give Mike McDonald credit, I think a lot of people have brought up, hey, look, Chuck Smith was heralded. Like, when the Ravens hired Chuck Smith, the people that knew about that hire were like, dude, this is big time. And we were all like, okay, you know, yeah, sure, like... He's an outside linebackers coach. Let's not, <laughs> let's not go too crazy here. Let's not oversell this. But it's hard to not think he's played a sizable role. <laughs> to to on Clowney and Kyle Van Noy. I don't ever want to seem like I'm disparaging those people. But there was no way to think this was happening. So I think we've been inclined to believe that Chuck Smith deserves some credit for that. But like to the point about the wide receiver room, to say, hey, I don't know that we're talking about Greg Lewis enough, or I don't know, when you look at the the evolution of Lamar Jackson, I don't think you guys are recognizing the importance of T. Martin swinging over to specifically be a quarterback coach, and what that's done for Lamar as well, and the trust that Lamar has in T. Martin. And it's a small thing, but I know a a lot has been written about the Ravens' all-black quarterback room, But the comfort that Lamar Jackson might find in T. Martin, who frankly, by the way, let's not forget, T. Martin did what Peyton Manning couldn't. And I'm not trying to say T. Martin was better than Peyton Manning. Let's slow down on all that. But remember, as good as those Tennessee teams were, Peyton Manning failed to win those big games and go win a national championship. And then T. Martin, one year later, went in and went undefeated and won a national championship. And yet did T. Martin get the opportunities in the NFL to prove himself as a quarterback? There might be no... the understanding of each other, the what you've been through, what I've been through. I, I haven't know that I've spent a lot of time thinking about it with Lamar Jackson and T. Martin. But it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. I mean, that relationship probably is really important everything about this is so cool like it's so much fun to be like okay so i didn't bring up dalvin cook with lewis riddick because i i mostly think dalvin cook is an afterthought right like i don't i just don't think he's significant i i get it we do this all the time when someone's we know someone's name by the way it's glenn clark radio hi (laughs) all over the place today we might not even make it to two hours today because i got i have to get my life going is as I told you. I have to get on a. I have to leave my house at 4 a.m. tomorrow, and I am not prepared. Today was supposed to be the day that I did everything that I needed to do to get ready to go on a trip, and now I've got to be in bed by like nine o'clock.
1: Well, you just don't. Sleep. You already don't sleep, so I was trying to change that up this week because you sleep on the crew. That sounds like a great. To- <laughs> That's what it's for, right? <laughs> What a waste.
0: (laughs) Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Yeah, I'm glad you guys... Thank you, Anthony. Dude, Louis Riddick brought it today. (laughs) Like, he woke up today to go do a local radio hit in Baltimore and was like, "I'm I'm gonna become a preacher. Like, I'm gonna deliver... A sermon this morning, like I was moved by Lewis Riddick. That was a ten and a half, and he's always a great guest. And and you know, understandably, we don't get to have him nearly as much as we used to. Like when he was first coming up at ESPN, he would come on a lot. And the, it was the same thing with like guys like Arlovski. They just have too many commitments. They're they have a lot of work to do, and we don't get to have him on nearly as much. Um, but damn, he was like I am fired up right now.
1: <laughs> like I am. I went from I like fast forward two weeks, right? right uh, like, what are we doing?
0: Let's go play a game that matters <laughs> right now, man. I just want more of this, and it's the excitement of all of this, right? Like, it, it's. It, but when talking about Dalvin Cook, it was funny because uh, we were on the fan last night, and our buddy uh, Josh Charles wandered by, which was really cool. I texted Josh in the day during the day yesterday. He's like, "By the way, I'm here." <laughs> like, were you planning on mentioning that?
1: He was waiting for you to leave, so that way he didn't have to actually... Yeah, Yeah. no,
0: (laughs) Josh is the best. I love, you know, everybody knows how much I love Josh. Josh has been good to me since before I was even working here. Like, Josh would come on with me all the time when I was on uh, the old radio station that doesn't exist anymore. Josh genuinely listens every day. It's hilarious, because I'll be, like, saying something to Josh in a text, and I'll be like, yeah, I know, I listened today. Like, right, (laughs) right? Sometimes I forget. Because there are other people that listen every third day, and I have to repeat myself. Um, love Josh. And he came in and hang out in stu- hung out in studio with us. And we're talking about Dalvin Cook. And at one point I almost started chuckling. Like, think about how good our lives are. Think about how truly first world this is. That it's January 5th and the conversation we're having in Baltimore is about the third running back. <laughs> think about that. And I meant it. Like, Allow yourself to pause for a second. Because we were doing like a debate about Dalvin Cook versus Melvin. Maybe, it, no, maybe it wasn't with Josh. Maybe it was later with Jeff's reback. I, do, I, I think I might have brought it up the same thing with Jeff. But the same, th- this is where we are. This is who the 2023, 20, 2024 Baltimore Ravens are. It's January 5th, and our biggest concern is who's the third running back. How good is life? What? <laughs> like, what? It's preposterous. If Dalvin Cook can help, God bless. If he can't, God bless. I, I don't, that's my, you know, take on Dalvin Cook is like, I'll be personally bummed if it costs Jake Funk a roster spot because I just, that's my guy. But Jake Funk plays special teams and these guys don't. So I don't know, you know, how that works. Maybe they kind of don't care because they weren't planning on having Jake Funk be active anyway at any point. Like, I would think that he plays Saturday. Have they made a corresponding roster move yet? Uh, Not that I
1: saw. I did not see. Because Dalvin will go. They have have an open spot on the the practice Uh, squad? I don't know. I don't know. know. I don't believe it or not,
0: I don't study up on the practice squad the way that I, I should. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe they had don't. an open spot on the practice squad and so it doesn't matter. Um but I, I have no issue with it, right? Like it's easy to say Dalvin Cook, you know the the number that bothers you, and you can talk about the circumstances with Dalvin Cook, but the number that bothers you is three point two yards per carry this season. And you can say, Hey, but the Jets stink. And they haven't had a quarterback, and so teams have keyed in against the run, and all of that's true. But Brees Hall, while he was disappointing for stretches of the season, has still managed to average 4.4 yards per carry. So is it possible that Dalvin Cook's just miserable, and the circumstances are bad, and the surface at you know MetLife Stadium is the worst in the NFL? Like is it, can you add all those things together and say to yourself, maybe it's not quite as over as it looked like it was in New York? Sure, you could talk yourself into that. Can I assume it? I don't know if I can assume it. I think my assumption is Dalvin Cook's probably washed. But as was pointed out, you know, and I think Zreebeck said it last night like what we just said to start that conversation with uh, Lewis Riddick, the heater that Eric Acosta's on right now. Why the hell not? This dude's hitting on Nelson Aguilar. He's out here in 2024 hitting on Jadeveon Clowney, hitting on Ronald Darby, hitting on Arthur Millett. Maybe we go ahead and let him roll the dice on Dalvin Cook. Maybe we say, all right, we're listening. It's the old heat check acquisition. It would be nice to be able to breathe, man. How much, I, I'm feeling it because like Louis Riddick was killing it, and I'm like feeling I'm like, man, this is good. It would still be nice to be able to breathe. Like if my face wasn't all flush. Y'all that don't deal with this type of stuff, that like don't have to deal with this whenever the air pressure changes, the number of times this week I've had to say to somebody, because I had to test this week for COVID. I don't have COVID. I was around someone who had COVID, so I had to test. I have winter. Mm. That's what I have. I have winter and two weeks of yelling at my kids. It all kind of conspired all at once, right? Like everything hit at the same time. But I have winter. We all are dealing with it. Everybody's got the sniffles. It's just that when it hits for me, it sucks, man. It's all right there. And I've had to play through it all week. Doing all these shows, radio shows, your, your flu basketball week. games. This is yeah, it's a great point. So I'm Michael basically Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah. I'm basically Michael Jordan. I don't know where we are. I'm my head's spinning. When time is Bo coming on?
1: Uh, about eight or yeah, nine minutes. Ten forty. Yes. You could just say ten forty. That would have worked too.
0: Ten forty. Ten forty is when. Oh, is ten forty when Bo's coming on? <laughs> don't forget uh, Griffin and his uh, mighty man, uh, merry band of men. Next week here on GCR.
1: Uh, yeah. Should be a good week. Yeah. <laughs> Parents in. aren't home, you know. Oh, yeah,
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what it is. It's Kevin McAllister running the show. I come in, he's got all the, the cardboard cutouts going. They're dancing and rocking around the Christmas tree. I'm like, what the hell's
1: happening? Yeah, I right think Carson Weekly's going to stop by. So. What? Yeah. He won't stop by when <laughs> I'm here. What the hell is that all I about? Said, I said, unfortunately, Glenn's not here next week. He's like, oh, that's even better. Even I'll, better? Yeah.
0: <laughs> what the hell is that? Carson, <laughs> I like Carson. Are going to try to do what? Uh, he's not going to try to do a life hack, is he? Oh, uh, I guess we can try. That would probably yeah, we'll be see. for a Ken show. I don't know if that's for a Stan show. I don't. I, I'm not here. You, you know what? It's your show. Stan, it's your needs, show next Stan week.
1: needs life hacks too. So,
0: your show next week. <laughs> you do what you want to do, baby. <laughs> Whatever it is, you do what you need to do. Uh, yeah, I don't have a lot to say about Dalvin Cook. I don't. Um, I, I don't think it hurts. I don't know that it helps. We'll see. And. You know they got what, what, what do you have to lose? I I do. You know, Jeff Zreback brought up last night. It does maybe make tomorrow more interesting for Melvin Gordon, right? Like maybe Melvin Gordon now feels like he's hell bent to prove something that whatever whatever snaps are there for a third running back in the playoffs should be his. So he probably has a head full of steam tomorrow. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if Dalvin Cook gets on the field tomorrow, like. Presumably they could. I, I don't remember how many practice squad elevations you get to have.
1: Um, It's well, just it's two? Th- three, I thought. Three. I thought it was three. So Gordon ina- was signed to the active roster, right? Yes, he's yeah,
0: on the active roster. All, all of their inactives are already taken, right? Like we've seen the injury report. There's no more inactives to be able to be had. Now there's probably guys, like for example, there are probably guys that will end up not dressing that just won't be listed as inactives because you're going to run out of inactives. But there is still a limit to that. Like, you can't... Some guys are going to have to dress, even if you don't really want to play them, just in, like, the, you know, God forbid, something happens. We're going to have to have you available if necessary. You assume that, like, Sam Mustafer is going to be the center. And you assume that it's going to be a lot of that. In that way, it's going to look like a preseason game. But they're not going to be able to go... I, I. I'm interested in, I, I keep talking about this with Tyler Huntley all week. It's an important day for Tyler Huntley. But how the Ravens handle that, knowing that, again, as I've said a bunch of times, if Lamar Jackson's going to get hurt in a playoff game, it's over. It's meaningless. Unless it's like the Cleveland thing, and he just has to poop. And if Lamar Jackson's missing two series in a playoff game, you'd still rather have Tyler Huntley available to you for those two series than anyone else. So it will also be interesting to me to see how long they go with Tyler Huntley tomorrow. I I get it. Like, it's the right thing to do to give him the opportunity to go out and showcase himself going into free agency. But at the same time, he's still someone that you might want to have help you before the season is over. You don't really want to go to significant injury risk with him either. You'd rather have Josh Johnson out there, somebody that you don't really see a role for um, in the playoffs if you know something were to happen. All right, uh, today's show also brought to you by the print issue of Press pressbox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find pressbox. You can read it all at pressboxonline.com. It's our annual best of issue celebrating the top people, performances and moments of 2023 on the cover Mogaba sports person of the Year, Brandon Hyde and the team of the year, the Baltimore Orioles go get it right now. At your neighborhood Royal Farms. When's that uh, Orioles documentary hitting?
1: Uh Wednesday. Wednesday at seven. Bit of a problem for your boy. Well, you'll have internet, right? Not for streaming. Oh, uh, it's you, not like, it's these... it's like when Have you, you ever done ride? a cruise? No. Yeah, I don't know they, how it works. They really don't like. I did my Do first one. Do I want one. to? It sounds like I don't want to.
0: No, I'm, cruises are fine, okay. but like you have to d- whatever content you want, you have you to download, download uh, beforehand. No. Which is a real problem for me because I went to the ad-supported version of Disney Plus, so I was going to download a bunch of uh, "What If" episodes for my kids, and not allowed to download anything now. No, so I've got double
1: that, and then you can go ahead and download. That, that's I'm going to have to go ahead and
0: sign back up for the real account, then download a bunch it's of stuff. Pretty and infuriating. Then, yeah, it ain't great. It ain't great. When I get back from the cruise, I downgrade again to the standard version. That's what it's going to be. So yeah, your boy is going to have to wait until next weekend. And they play football on the weekends. So that's a problem for me. When am I gonna watch this thing? Maybe in the airport. Oh, I could maybe do it on the plane. I think they let you stream on the plane. Do they let you do YouTube? Uh maybe next I don't know. I, I
1: typically <sighs> just suck it up for the couple of hours I'm on the plane and be like, yeah. Well
0: they have like channels. Like I think Well uh like Southwest. See, I, I, was, I Southwest was I was I was planning on watching the Ravens game on the plane because our flight was supposed to be at three thirty. Mm. But now I, I don't know what I'm doing.
1: You're going to the... The the, the, the the marina. marina.
0: (laughs) The dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I I say to Mrs. Clark, baby, we're going to get there at like 9 a.m. And we can't even get into the hotel until like 3. What are we going to do for seven hours? She said, well, your eight-year-old is talking about the marina. I'm like, what? First of all, what the hell does my eight-year-old know about Fort Lauderdale? does he even know where it is what is he talking about the marina and so i call my father because i feel like the only way he could possibly know something like this is like my parents told him hey by the way that day we're in fort lauderdale there's a marina so i call him i'm like hey uh, is there something about a marina (laughs) like marina shafir the old uh ufc fighter that's now in uh, professional wrestling is that what we're talking about he's like He's like, uh, I've never heard of anything like that. I'm like, well, then where did my eight-year-old hear it from? Was it just on Siri? Like, hey, what are things to do in Fort Lauderdale? I've never heard of it. And then I searched for it and came up with nothing. So I don't know what we're doing for six hours until we can get into the hotel. If anybody's got anything to tell me about Fort Lauderdale, just pass it along now. I haven't been to Fort Lauderdale in years. There was a barbecue place I liked a lot. Maybe you can swing over and do that. All right, what are we doing? Oh, Bo. Bo. Bo next. Bo Smolka. We'll preview uh, the Ravens side of things tomorrow with Bo next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
6: Brace yourselves for an
4: unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton, the ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org.
6: Make sure you tuned in every Tuesday for PressBox fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday, brought to you by live casino and hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Khan's OnlyFans page at, wait, are people supposed to know about that? Yeah, a bit of a bummer last
0: night for uh, Towson Hoops. As uh, Griffin was, was riding high, he was feeling himself. He
1: was like, yeah, man. They got this start the conference opener, you know with a win over uh, over Monmouth. I, I would have settled for fifty
0: fifty points. I would have settled for that
1: yeah. yikes, that's rough uh if we've ever
0: if there was ever a year we needed the Ravens to cover up college basketball season this uh this might prove to be the year really use a very very deep run where we don't have to think a lot as yet. Towson fell at monmouth fifty one forty three Uh, They do have a big game tomorrow. If you've got no plans before the Ravens game, uh, Towson takes on UNC-Wilmington. So you can go over and check that one out. All right. Joining us now here on GCR, he's with us every Friday. He is our Press Box Ravens beat writer. He's Mr. Bo Smolka, and he's back with us on the program. Bo, it's Glenn. Always appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Bo, you there? Oh, we apparently lost Bo. That happens. These things occur. What are we doing? I don't know. We'll get him back. Hey, uh, John from Little Rock just said, hey, have you looked at the uh, bull pick'em? I said, you know what? I should. I should. And then I quickly realized why it is that John and Little Rock asked me. He's got a one-game lead going into the title game. John from Little Rock still with a real chance. Of clinching the bull pick'em title. We'll look into that uh, over the course of the weekend. Hmm. 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 Everything was going so well today. It was going too well, frankly. It's always the problem when things go too well. You, you know they're going to end up going the other way. And that's how the show started. It was going so well. Lewis Riddick was, he was killer. We were doing so well. Let's try again. It's a Friday. On Fridays, we chat with PressBox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka, who is with us here on GCR. Bo, good morning, my friend. How are you?
7: I'm good. How are you?
0: Everything is good here. Um, I, let me start. I, I just said this about Dalvin Cook. I, I don't know. You know, why not is the only thing I can come away saying, right? Like, I I don't really have any expectations for Dalvin Cook, but I don't think that the cost is much of anything. I, I, we know who the Ravens' two primary running backs are. I don't think that's changing at any point, and so if Dalvin cook has something left to offer and they, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a strong take to offer about Dalvin cook.
7: Yeah. I, I thought, why not too? Um, I was a little surprised, but then the more you think you're like, again, why not? Um, and I mean, who knows someone, maybe, maybe one of these guys gets hurt tomorrow uh, because they, they can't not play everyone. So then you have him in the building, but uh, you know, I, I think you're right. I think their top two are still their top two. And does he does he take over for Melvin Gordon as the third running back? Maybe, um, but they get they get a look at him. He's here, and if anything happens, they have him. So that's kind of where I'm at with it.
0: Yeah, that's exactly how I feel, Bo. As far as tomorrow is concerned, I, I'm still I still have questions about what this functionally ends up looking like. We know obviously Tyler Huntley's playing, but like as Griffin and I were just saying. if in three weeks the Ravens, you know, Lamar's got to run back to the bathroom like he did in Cleveland a few years ago, and they need two series from another quarterback, they'd probably prefer for that guy to be Tyler Huntley. So I'm not sure, like, are are they playing Tyler Huntley for four quarters, or are they playing him for a half, and then, you know, let's try to protect him too, and put Josh Johnson or Malik Cunningham out there. Like, what's the line? Because I do think the guys that are on the field are going to want to compete. We all know John Harbaugh. It's in his nature. He wants to win the games that definitively don't matter. So, like, he definitely wants to. What What is the line between what the Ravens do or don't do tomorrow as far as trying to win this game?
7: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think the, I think they'll try to win the game. You're right. I mean, Harbaugh wants to win games when they're out there unless the players want to win, too. Um, and how they go about it will be interesting to see. Now, I, you know, as John Harbaugh pointed out, though, this is not the preseason, and you don't have 90 guys. Right. And you can't just sit everybody. And so that's, that's one thing. I mean, so which defensive players sit will be something to watch, but they can't sit everyone. And, in fact, Daryl Worley can't play, and he probably would have started. So that's another guy you don't have available to you. So Geno Stone, he's probably going to be out there most of the game. Now, I went back and looked at the 2019 finale when they were in the same situation and guys like Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters and Chuck Clark still played almost every snap of wow. that game.
0: Wow, I had forgotten um,
7: that. And so you know, the, the, Matt Judon played a bunch too. So I mean, those guys guys are guys are going to play, and I think you know, if 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 several of those defensive players compete and play a lot, then they can they can win this game. Um, and so, it, you know, the, the, like I said, it's, these players want to win. They go out there to win. And and it's the Steelers, and they all want to beat the Steelers. So it, how they go about treating them and how long guys play or what, I think we can pretty much – well, they've already ruled out a few players. Um, Odell Beckham won't play, and Kevin Zeitler won't play, and Zay Flowers is listed as doubtful, so we can assume he's not going to play. Um, but that, like I said, I mean, as John Harbaugh said, you only get a couple practice squad elevations. So you're only looking at a, a finite number of players. You don't go to the sixth, you know, fourth string offensive tackle anymore because you don't have four strings. So they're going guys that they would probably rather rest will have to play.
0: No, I think it's well said, Bo. And, and and unfortunately, if somebody gets hurt, there's going to be criticism of that. And this is football, and that's the way that it goes. But to your point, like the, you you don't have a ninety person roster. Like you can't you, you can't keep all of these guys off the field. Some of them have to play, and it's still a football game at that point. I I I, I guess the question is is like it, we know that based on the injury report that there are certain guys that are definitively not going to play. Are there guys that weren't listed as out on the injury report that you would say I would still be surprised if we saw this person get much in the way of like playing? Maybe they have to dress because you got to dress all these guys in case something happens, but are there other guys that you would be surprised with the Ravens and I running back sort of stands out
7: to me in that conversation? Well, I think Ronnie Stanley. I mean, I sure. he would be okay. he would be, But yeah. again, then Patrick McCary gets hurt playing every snap. Then, then where are you at? Yeah. Uh, but I would, you know, both tackles, both veteran tackles, they've been they've been shuffling around. I think will be limited, um, if at all. But um, running back too. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think you'll see a lot of Melvin Gordon in this game. It's a lot in some ways. It's a lot like that last preseason preseason game where. The guys down the depth chart are the guys you see the most of. But, again, you don't go as far down the depth chart anymore. Um, I'm curious to see whether how much Roquan Smith plays or Patrick Queen. I mean, Patrick Queen was really banged up last week. He, he must have left the field five times holding his shoulder. And yet this week he said, oh, it's the Steelers. I want to play. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know how much we'll see of him. But, again, if you if you decide not to play him much, um, and I believe Malik Harrison is also either out or on the injury report. I can't remember now offhand, but there's another guy that probably would have played a lot that isn't available. So if you go with Trenton Simpson, for example, in place of Patrick queen and then Trenton, Trenton Simpson gets hurt. Now what you don't have Malik Harrison, you try not to play Patrick queen. Right. There's only so many options. Um, but I do think Stanley is one that we'd be, I'd be surprised if we see much of. And by the way,
0: Bo, you were right. Malik Harrison is out. He did not practice all week with a groin injury, so he is not available whatsoever uh, for the Ravens going into tomorrow. PressBox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka is with us here on GCR. Bo, are, are are we all of the guys that have been, you know, Marlon Humphrey, Kyle Hamilton, I, I feel like we've kind of all said, well, they got a couple of weeks of Is there anything that – is is concerning lingering wise is there anything that you say hey I'm not as certain that this guy is definitely just good to go by the time we get to the divisional round or do you feel like all of the injuries coming into this none of them continue to linger that deep
7: I mean it seems to me that the injuries that are there shouldn't be that significant uh, in the sense that Kyle Hamilton, I was not at practice yesterday, but I understand that Kyle Hamilton was back out there, so that's encouraging. Kevin Zeitler didn't play last week, and he's not going to play tomorrow, but he went through about a 15-minute, uh, an extensive pregame like evaluation, more thorough than a lot of them are when Joe D came over and, and Zeitler worked against and with some other offensive linemen. He simulated defensive linemen. It was one of the more kind of extensive Pre-game, can you go workouts before they ruled Zeitler out so to me if they had to play next week I think he'd be ready to go maybe if they had to play tomorrow he'd play um, but I think in a couple weeks this is a kind of this rest would really be beneficial for him and it looks like Hamilton would be trending in the right direction too the other big one is Brandon Stevens there's not an indication that these are long-term injuries so I mean that you know, I know people are going to debate the rest versus rust kind of thing, but right. this is an important rest period for those guys.
0: Bo Bo Smolka, I, you bring that up, and I've talked about this with a number of people this week. I, I don't know how the games are going to go in January because I can't predict the future. Presumably, I'd be in better financial situation if I could do that. But the comparison to 2019 and the rest versus rust topic. What I keep coming back to is as good as that 2019 team was and as much fun as it was and as much as they were running through teams late in the year I am very much convinced that this is a better football team, a more complete team, a team with fewer weaknesses. I I I you know, I think the 2019 team was better at running the ball but not even all that dramatically much better at running the ball, right? Like I I just think this team is that much better. And so I have less concern about it. Having watched both of these teams up close, do you also believe that this is a definitively better team than the 2019 team was?
7: I, I, I do think it's a better team. Ironically, for everything the Ravens have done, you know, to rebuild the offense, quote, this year, they still they lead the league in rushing again. Um, and part of that is because you have Lamar Jackson. But I do think it's a better team. I think it's, first of all, it's got a more mature lamar jackson it's got a better group of wide receivers significantly better group of wide receivers um i think it's got a more dynamic defense and i mean i think it probably at all every level um so yeah i think i think it's a better team i think it's better built to win at that time of year because i mean they will they still have to execute and they can't turn the ball over and all those things that come into play but I do think it's a better team. And I remember, you know, when they went into that, that uh, playoffs, Mark Andrews wasn't quite healthy, and, and, and obviously he's not healthy now either. But there were injuries to that team as well, so both teams are dealing with injuries. But I just look at Lamar Jackson is more mature, and I, I'm struck by the better talent on offense, especially a wide receiver, yep. and the kind of more dynamic defense.
0: I think one of the things that's been been brought up this week is that, like, let's just say even there were to be uh, somewhat a rust and the Ravens were to get off to a slow start in the divisional playoff game. Well, that in 2019, you genuinely believe that buried this team. I, looking at all of the ways that this team is capable of winning in 2023 and 2024, I, I just don't believe that even buries this team. I I, I think they've proven that while they, they're better when they're playing from ahead, because who isn't? I think they've proven their – they, they let, the Dolphins marched right down the field on Sunday, like with ease, and scored a touchdown, and had another lead after that, and it didn't impact the Ravens whatsoever.
7: Well, I think that does speak – that goes back to the maturity of the team now and, you know, better – a more mature Lamar Jackson. It also – you know, the defense is <laughs> – the defense is just really good. And, you know, and the other thing I think back to – you know, I know people are worried if they get off to a slow start, do, does the – um does, does it kind of haunt Lamar Jackson? Does it become this kind of albatross in the middle of the game? If you remember the next year, when they made the playoffs in the next year, Lamar Jackson, if I'm not mistaken, he threw an interception on the very first drive, and people were like, oh, boy, here we go again. Yeah. And then they rallied and won that game. Um, he's a, he's a, I think the situation is much different than it was then. Um, but again, Lamar Jackson also, and he can't run from the fact that this is his narrative nationally now. Yeah. Is that he's won one playoff game, and the only way he's going to change that to those critics is by winning another one. Uh, but I do think the team is better built to do it.
0: Bo, is there any one story about the twenty the, the, how this has happened that you don't think has gotten enough like conversation attention? anyone whether it's a player whether it's a coach a move whatever it is any one thing about how we've ended up in this position with the Ravens being the best team in the NFL going into the playoffs that maybe hasn't gotten the attention that it deserves
7: I mean I go I I don't I mean it's a good question I think there's a lot of I, I when you go back to the summer it's interesting that people thought this was going to be this wide open pass offense with Bateman back and uh, Flowers and Beckham and Aguilar, and then they ended up leading the league in rushing, which I'm not sure anyone really expected, especially after J.K. Dobbins got hurt in week one. But to me, honestly, I think one of the bigger stories is the emergence of Brandon Stevens at cornerback, which was not something anyone saw coming in May. Um, <clears throat> I remember in OTAs, he was still working at safety, and they were still thinking of him as a safety, and the cornerback situation was a little bit unsettled, but they had, they were looking at other guys. Rocky Hacin came in and uh, Jalen Armour Davis was mentioned as a possible starter and all of this. And then guys are getting hurt. And Stevens who played corner in college, they decided to put him back at corner because they needed someone there. And he turns out to just be a really, really good cornerback this year. And that, I think that move really helped was one of the big things that helped stabilize the defense.
0: I think it's well said, Bo. I really do. And I know you wrote about uh, Gino Stone in the new print issue of Pressbox, who has, I, I, I don't, I'm not a, Bo, I don't care much about the Pro Bowl thing. I I, don't, I know a lot of people brought up that maybe Gino Stone was deserving. I, I got to be honest, and I know you and I talked about it on Twitter. I'm befuddled by how Kevin Zeitler still, and I, I don't, the Pro Bowl is not a big thing. It's just, but like, my God, the career this guy has had, and to continue to get snubbed, as a Pro Bowler, like to for to for be hanging over him that he's never been named as a Pro Bowler once, I as much as I'm capable of being bothered by something, it bothers me only because he's been really good for a really long time and somehow has never gotten the recognition for it. It's...
7: Yeah, I thought I thought he probably should have des- I thought he should have been there. I mean, I think he's been one, He's been the key. I know Linderbaum made it. and Linderbaum's deserving too, but I, I think Zeitler... You go, you'll go. you go across that offensive line room. I think they, Zeitler, Zeitler has kind of been the key to hold it all together um, <clears throat> as a veteran guy in the room and consistent high level all year. Um, so, yeah, I think he absolutely deserved it. It's too bad he didn't make it because you're right. He's he's a guy that probably should have had one. And, I mean, it's hard with guard play. How do they stand out? But this team leads the league in rushing. Yep. That's one way you stand out as a guard. Well, um, not allowing a and, sack,
0: not allowing yeah. like that a quarterback yeah. hit. Those types of right. things seem so, like they should stand right.
7: out. <laughs> yeah, so I would have li- I would have liked to see him. He's a he's a solid guy. He's, he's tough. He plays when he can play. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> you know I, I'm with you. It's not something I really worry about. But players, I mean, some of these players have bonuses. No doubt, these are contracts no to get it. So there is some incentive there, and then they get to say they're a pro player for the rest of their lives. So there's something there, um, and he I think he's deserving of it. I was surprised with Geno Stone. I mean, just the, the, normally stats win in, in the defensive backfield in terms of, like, honors like that. So I thought those interceptions would get him there. Again, I, I'm not overly worried. I know I don't put much into it, but I, I think Zeitler was very deserving.
0: Yeah, that was the one. That was the one that stood out to me that I just sort of said. And it's, it's really just a bummer because – you. Know, I, I'm not trying to suggest Kevin Zeitler's going to retire at the end of the year. I feel like a couple years ago, everybody was ready for Kevin Zeitler to retire. Well, the way he's playing football, why in the hell would he retire, right? Um, But there's only going to be so many more opportunities for him, and so it's just you know, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. That's all there is. All right. At B. Smolka, of course, is how you follow Bo on Twitter, and then PressBoxOnline.com is where you see all of his stuff. Bo, always appreciate you, sir. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk again. Thanks so much for doing this as always.
7: All right, Glenn. Take care. Have Smoke, a good
0: day. You, Tpo Smoka, press Box Ravens beat writer, with us here on GCR, as he is every Friday. Appreciate him taking the time for us. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time on the Pro Bowl thing. I just don't. But I am. It it bugs me with Kevin Zeitler because he's deeper into his career. Like that bugs me. He's thirty three years old guy's been a high level player for a long time and somehow hasn't gotten to one how how and again I don't want to as I said we we read the names of the three guys uh, it's Betonio, Thunny and who is the other one that made it and you're like okay well those are all really good players like I'm not, I'm not trying to take anything away from those dudes they're good players there were three I wish I could remember who the third one was. Mm-hmm. I know it was Betonio
1: and Thunny oh, damn it <laughs> uh, uh, See Pro Bowl. Let's was, see. I'll tell you in two seconds.
0: Yeah, it was. Be. It was Quentin Nelson. Yeah, I've heard of him. He's okay. I mean, those three guys are really good. Now, I don't know exactly how good they've been this year because we don't have. We we only know that Kevin Zeitler hasn't allowed a sack or a hit because we've been reminded throughout the course of the season. One, we watch all of the games. Two. We see like the PFF Ravens account remind us of it regularly. I don't know what those guys have done this year. I, when you say those three names, I say, yeah, they're definitely good football players. Like, I know that. But I don't know how good they've been this year. Maybe somebody would say, hey, the you know, funny part is uh, Batonio's actually allowed four sacks this year. I, I don't know. I just don't know. Seeing how Joe Flacco has played behind that offensive line, I'm going to guess Batonio's had a very nice season. It's just a bummer. That's it. That's all I keep coming to. It's just a bummer. Also, why do they only name three guards? Tooney's allowed two sacks, according to PFF. It's two more than uh, Kevin Zeitler's allowed. He's allowed five QB hits. Five more than Kevin Zeitler's allowed. <laughs> why only three? What's that all about? I Yeah, I don't know why. It's the why Pro they... Bowl. It's not even a football game.
1: Uh, like, So should they... <sighs> I'm trying to figure out like how... That well, we're not going to fix the Pro Bowl, but should they like expand uh, All Pro selections? Maybe, maybe like uh, so. So they do. They just do one player at each position, right, for the first team All Pro. Uh, well, yeah. What I mean, if they did like two, two guards? F- yeah. So what right. if they did like you know two first team All Pro quarterbacks, running backs, wide, or and then I guess like I, what four? I feel, four feel or like six there receivers? were some changes
0: made to the All Pro
1: team a few years back,
0: but I don't remember what they were. I do feel like they changed that. At some point. And uh,
1: then the Pro Bowl, I don't know. Actually, I don't know what to do with the Pro Bowl. No, but I
0: don't care. I, This is the problem. I When you start getting it, I'm like, I don't care. I really don't. Why am I getting all caught up in this? I, the, all of this is I just wanted Kevin Zeitler to be named a Pro Bowler because Kevin Zeitler's been amazing, and somehow Kevin Zeitler this deep into his career has never been named a Pro Bowl, and it's goofy. I felt this way about Sam Cooke for years. Like Sam Cooke was not getting to a Pro Bowl. I'm like, how is that possible? One sack, three hits allowed by Quentin Nelson. One more sack and three more hits than Kevin Zeitler has allowed. Don't know how I feel about it. All right. Anyway, uh, today's show also brought to you by Superbook. We are into 2024, but the code is still Glenn Clark 23. Use that code and receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Um, really quickly, we noticed this because we 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 did a segment last night about is it disrespectful to the Ravens that they still only have the second lowest Super Bowl odds? The 49ers still the favorite, and the easy thing to say is that, like, hey, that's the odds maker saying that they think the 49ers' path to the Super Bowl is easier than the Ravens' path to the Super Bowl is, so that's why they're the favorite. But I just so happened to poke at this, and I see that they have a early line for the Super Bowl right now. And the early line shows that the NFC champion is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the AFC champion. Which again suggests that it's so likely that the 49ers are going to be the representative from the NFC that given that there are multiple options that could be from the AFC, that's why they're giving a slight edge to the NFC. Like You could say that charitably. And then you would say, we can revisit it if it ends up being 49ers-Ravens, and they'll set whatever line they want to set. But I start to get the sense that the belief that people have in the 49ers as a super team, they're almost, like, incapable of separating from. Like, dude, we just, yeah, sure, we saw what the Ravens did, but, like, that was one game, and they were I'm starting to wonder if it was a Ravens 49ers rematch in the Super Bowl if the 49ers wouldn't be favored again. favored again. If you think the Ravens are winning the Super Bowl, maybe you play a little bit on both. Maybe you play the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. Maybe you play something on the uh, early line for the AFC champion. I don't know. That buys you a little bit of a backup plan if it if it does go haywire, instead of putting it on the Ravens to win the Super Bowl, you say, let's just bet the AFC champion right now. And then if something were to go wrong, you gotta, you're hedging a little bit. You got your backup plan there. I don't know. I don't know. But I can do, go do it at Superbook. When you use the code Clark 23 you'll receive up to $250 in that same-day first-bet match. Oh, uh, John and Little Rock. I oh, was talking about yes, that a second ago. Yes,
1: the, uh, the, the bowl so pick. We're
0: down to two in the bowl pick'em
1: contest.
0: It's John and Little Rock, and which PFF
1: Sean is this? Uh, this would be this would be uh, the, the, the original PFF. He was in it last year. This PFF Sean was in it last year. I'll never. Not the one that went to Temple, for which those, his name for is For those Temple of you that don't listen every day.
0: For those of you that don't listen every day. Who could that be? Griffin has two friends. They both created Twitter accounts.
1: One of them is actually named Sean.
0: That go by PFF Sean.
1: This one's not actually named Sean.
0: They've interacted with us, and I thought that I was just talking to the same person with, like, two different identities, and then Griffin was like, no, they're actually two totally different people.
1: Actually, yeah, they're two different idiots, yeah. Uh,
0: correct. Now, believe it or not, I like Griffin. I do. <laughs> like, this is the, it's, a, it's always one of those awkward things when you're in a relationship, like, when you're also somebody's boss. Like, you you do have to, every now and then, like, be the boss, and I don't I don't really like doing that. <laughs> Truth be told, I'm not a fan of it. But, like, every now and then I do have to be the boss. But on a personal level, I like Griffin, right? Like, I I, I like him a lot. So I want to be friendly with the people that Griffin likes. I don't want to have any acrimony there. I They came to my house for an event. I was happy to have them at my home. This is the one that did come over. This is that one. Yeah. I liked him. He seemed like a, a
1: nice fella. <laughs>
0: I mean, this is weird as f. Like, I can't get around. He's with like,
1: them. I gotta protect my identity. I'm like, wh- from I, what? For, right.
0: <laughs> from what? Like, what is that? Now, that being said, you probably you, your parents would fill out your census. I filled out the census recently, and the number of times that my res- I wanted my response to be, who's asking? <laughs> there are a lot of questions in that census, and how I'm like, l- how long? What? Why, why do you need to know this? And I'm not... Everything everybody knows, I'm not a conspiracy theory. I am not Aaron Rodgers. I am not a loon. Are you sure you're not Aaron Rodgers? That got awkward the other day. Whew. I knew that like some of the Aaron Rodgers sycophants were going to come at, I All I said was, Pat McAfee has a responsibility to say, this isn't okay. And it was... I, I want to like Pat McAfee. Look, look, I'm not a Pat McAfee guy. I don't watch his show, but he seems likable enough. He seems like a guy that just wants to be pleasant, that wants the sports or sports. Like, I, I can get behind that a little bit. He seems fun. You know, that, that let a naysay or no thing the other day was awesome. Like, everybody enjoyed that. I, I'm not anti-Pat McAfee in any way. I'm not, again, I'm not, I've never watched the Pat McAfee show. At this age, I never will. I... It, I barely watch shows that I like or that I'm inclined to like, but I don't watch that type of stuff. But as a person, he seems likable. And I, I dig his vibe for the most part, so like, I want to like Pac- Ma- Pat McAfee. What happened the other day is unacceptable on every level. And, and we as a society have to understand that. We have to understand that it doesn't matter who started it. What you can't do is go on national TV and baselessly insinuate that someone is a pedophile. we got to understand, nope, don't care who you are, don't care what what led to this moment. You can't do that. We've got to know that's the line. Now, I'm not an Aaron Rodgers guy. I think it's sad. I said this to Drew. Like, I think it's sad. It's Rudy Giuliani. Aaron Rodgers had the opportunity to just be beloved for the rest of his life. He could be Garth Brooks. Any room that Garth Brooks walks into, you don't even have to like Garth Brooks' music, but you're inclined to like the guy. You're like, hey, man, you seem decent. Like, you seem like a good guy. You you know, he shows up at both Republican and Democratic political things. Like, he's just the... He's the guy that you're like, hey, it's old Garth Brooks. He'll probably eat, like, a whole pizza in one sitting, you know? Like, he's that guy. He's likable. And Aaron Rodgers had the opportunity to be that guy. We all loved watching Aaron Rodgers play football. A Sunday where the Ravens played at 1 and the 4 o'clock game was a Packers game, you were like, eh, I get to watch Aaron Rodgers play football today. That's a pretty good way to spend my time. We were inclined to like Aaron Rodgers. And he was doing the Jeopardy thing, and we were like, I don't get why the guy's family hates him. Like... Seems like a good guy. Seems like fun. Yeah, he would be into some weird things every now and then, but you'd be like, ah, whatever. That's just a quirk. And then I, I don't even really... Ca- I, there are so many people this week that wanted to get into a debate about, with me about vaccines. Like, bro, who do you think I am? I don't care. It th- The point then that, like, it was low rent that he tried to lie about being vaccinated to not have to talk about it, like, it... And then, like, try to pretend like he was Martin Luther King. Was utterly detached from reality and embarrassing. Like, as a as human, it's embarrassing. But he was even capable of coming back from that if he wanted. If he wanted to, the whole world moved on. We all did. The rest of us stopped caring. We came out of the pandemic. Yes, it's still sad that a lot of us lost loved ones, and I, But we came out of it like we we're ready to just move on like we don't we don't have to continue to be fractured. We don't have to continue to fight about it. We're all good now. We can just move on. But he's been a one-man army of trying to continue to crusade about this topic. And you're like, "Bro, what get a hold of yourself." We there are people want to like you. Why are you only willing to be liked by this like very small sliver of people instead of like just saying, "Hey, dude, I don't need to care about this anymore. We moved on. All's good. I'll just be Aaron Rodgers again. But this, this week, uh, you can't do this. You can't. As I explained to some people, if someone called into my local radio show and said something like that, I'd have to immediately hang up on them and say, I I apologize. That's not okay. Okay. You can't insinuate someone is a pedophile. You can't do that. That's the line. You want to say they're an asshole, say they're an asshole. I don't Lord knows, I don't give a rat's ass about Jimmy Kimmel. I did meet him once. It was oh,
1: fine. Strike you as I I
0: technically briefly had the same agent as him. It's a really long oh. story. I think I think that's who it, what it was. I briefly was not, a, I was not aware, because I was working on a show that the guys had an agent, and he was the guy that was their agent was like, well, I've been representing you, too. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I don't think I signed anything. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. And I was like, oh? And I was in California nice. at an event, and
1: he was, I, I don't know if he was, this is your, this is your colleague, this is, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it was really weird. It was really weird. I was like 23. I was in a
0: place where I shouldn't have been.
1: <laughs> I'm like, what is going on here? How old is Jimmy Kimmel? How much older is he then? I don't, I don't know. know.
0: He's yeah. older, but not like yeah. extraordinary older. I mean, he's probably 50, something like that.
1: Mm. Um, I like Pat McAfee. I mean, I guess, you know, like he, you know, pretty much appeals, I guess, directly to like my demographic. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's,
0: you're supposed to be who Pat McAfee is yeah. for. Yeah.
1: Um, and I was, I don't know, I guess I was just pretty unmoved by it. Like, just everything that, you know, they, that Pac McAfee does and, and Aaron Rodgers, I just, I'm able to, like, I don't know, I guess just completely dismiss it. As soon as they move off of football, I, you know, everything that they say, I take absolutely with not even a grain of but salt. And, and
0: look, man, I, it's, that's a different conversation. Like, why does, why does, why yeah. is he, I, Especially
1: because Aaron Rodgers has proved he is such a, a goof. Yeah, like, I, but I don't,
0: <laughs> that's the, I just don't care. This is one thing. I I'm I think it's sad for Aaron Rodgers, for someone that could be beloved by the masses for the rest of his life. That's just chosen. I don't want that. It, it probably explains a little bit about his family and a little bit about like it probably explains a bit that he just doesn't like he's he's got to be. And maybe you know it's part of what's made him a great football player. I don't know. I don't. I can't get in the psyche of Aaron Rodgers. But it's a bummer because he's the type of person that five years ago I would have thought was going to be. A beloved figure for the rest of his life, for but for almost every American, and he's been more hell bent on being beloved by this very small group of people—these conspiracy theorists. He wants to be their hero. He like wants to represent the flat earthers. And th- whatever, man, that's your right. I'm not like I'm not even trying to take that away from him. I it, to me, it's sad. I would but it's his right if that's what he wants that's what he wants I don't care about any of it I really don't you want to be a conspiracy theorist you want to be God bless you it doesn't really hurt anybody else this is my like the libertarian part of me right like do what you want to do do your thing And it ain't hurting me over here I'm good but there's there's one line you don't get to insinuate that someone is a pedophile on national TV you don't get to do that And as the host of the show, and this is the problem, and somebody said it this way, Pat McAfee likes all of the benefits of the platform that he has without wanting to acknowledge that they also have to have responsibilities. This isn't some... You're on national television in front of a massive audience. You can't co-sign. You can't let that go unchecked. That's the line. Again, I don't have his audience, which is fine. But if somebody You're came coming on off
1: real jealous right now, yeah, that's exactly
0: what it is. If someone came on this show and did the same thing, I don't care if it's my the the guest that I like the most. I'm not even going to do the hypothetical. Like, I'm not going to throw a name out because that's not a line I want to go. What if Drew said? Well, if Drew said it would be the easiest. <laughs> um, it could be the the best guest we ever had if they came on here and said. What Pat, what Aaron Rodgers said to Pat McAfee, I could never uh, let them on the show again. They without them having to do the the total dude, I really effed up there. I really effed up. That was unacceptable. I'm sorry, and it would suck, and I would hate that. But that's the responsibility that you have. You can't just amplify that type of nonsense and all the other stuff man I don't care I don't if he goes on every week and says the moon is made of cheese I don't give a rat's ass it doesn't I. something really weird happened this week and I'm actually genuinely hurt by it someone that I like and that I worked with for a long time like showed their ass to me this week in the aftermath of this like one innocuous tweet where they like went through like searched anytime I might have said the name Epstein on Twitter like well you've tweeted about Epstein yes I made an offhanded comment about what could possibly Dan Snyder know that the NFL can't just force him out but you know what I never did say I think Roger Goodell is a pedophile or maybe Roger Goodell is a never because that's the line You don't say this name, this person might be a pedophile. You don't do that. That's it. That's the line. You can do whatever you want. I, I don't care about Jimmy Kimmel. The number of dude bros this week on Twitter, oh, you're just simping for Jimmy Kimmel. I don't give a flying F about Jimmy Kimmel, man. I never will. Unless tomorrow somebody wants to tell me that I'm working with Jimmy Kimmel and I'm getting paid a whole, whole, whole a lot of money. And if that's the case, then a number one guy over here. Is that job available? Let's talk about it. I'll never care. I'll never care. In my life. And it could be Jimmy Kimmel, it could be anybody else. And my point is... Pat McAfee doesn't just get to do, like, coming on the next day, like, hey, man, I think he was just talking ass. Dude, that's not okay. You, you have to be the one to say, "Ah, you know what, man, we screwed up there. We needed to shut that down. We we needed to stop that. And living in fear of Aaron Rodgers' sycophants, that sliver of the internet, like, turning on you, eh, eh, that's rough, bro. That's a rough look for a guy that I want to like. For a guy that, again, I I think is more of a positive than he is a negative to the sports media world. A- it was bad. That was a low moment. That was... And I don't know, maybe he's said something since then. I don't watch the show. Maybe he's tried to clean it up. I, I, I would think that if that had happened that people would have shared that. So the fact that I haven't seen that makes me think he hasn't. And that's sad. That, that to me, that's sad. It's sad that No one has gotten to him to talk about it and say, hey, man, let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation about what it means to be a national television broadcaster with a major audience, and the responsibilities that come with that. You don't have to trash Aaron Rodgers. You don't have to say he's a piece of ass, but you gotta be willing to say, we can't let somebody make a suggestion, name a person and suggest they might be a pedophile we just can't that's got to be it that's the line you can't do that and it just doesn't I don't know why that's that hard you don't have to say I I love Jimmy Kimmel and I hate Aaron Rot. you don't have to say any of those things all you got to say is this is the line this is where it ends this is this is the one it's the buck stops here and go from there so that was my point and it got gross like that I, I was really saddened by like a a former colleague of mine that like just went off the reservation like completely off the reservation like i i i don't know if it's just that once you've decided that you're in this world where like you want to you want to believe in conspiracy theories i've always found like people like that to be interesting in a way i, I don't know if it's because you want to believe you're smarter than everybody else you want like i'm very comfortable acknowledging i'm not smarter than everybody else i have no problem with that I know I'm not. Oh boy, do I know I'm not. And I've always thought that like the conspiracy theory thing is like, I'm, I'm not okay just accepting that I'm not smarter than everybody else. I have to know more than everybody else does. And so you just accept things as fact, but I don't. I, the the conspiracy theorist mind is fascinating to me. It, it is. I I don't I just don't know where it comes from. The rest of us are like, "Yeah, dude, like I might I'm not the dumbest guy in the world. I know that, but like I'm not a doctor. I I didn't go to law school. I I know about stupid sports. <laughs> like I know the members of the band U2. Like that's my I'm pretty good at trivia. Like I'm okay, but I'm not. I, it's easy for me to say I don't. I don't know enough to know. I've just always been fascinated by that, and the people that like cling to that. And it just feels like to them, and it's, it's very small. Aaron Rodgers has now become a deity because he's like speaking on behalf of them, this conspiracy theorist world. And it's it's like if you if you if you even. And I don't even even want to shut Aaron Rodgers up or say you shouldn't. It's just this. You can't do this. Do whatever you want, Jack. Go out and say the turn of the frog's gay. I don't care. The turn of the frog's gay. There you go. Alex. (laughs) Do that. I don't care. But you can't do this. This is the line. This is where it ends. You can't make an insinuation that someone specifically is a pedophile. Unless, you know, there's definitive proof that there are. They are. And
1: say whatever you want.
0: Not a sermon, just a thought. I don't know how we move on from this. Yeah. this is a very
1: uh, I mean, yeah, it is sad. Because right before it, he was giving, like, good. But, like, I think they had asked, like, you know, would you play Lamar Jackson this week or something? And he was like, no, I I wouldn't I wouldn't want him to play.
0: I saw a lot of people sharing that type of stuff. And I yeah. was like, I, that's, that's the sad part about Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah. he could just be this guy.
1: He could just be once a week you know 40 minutes I guess they don't mean I don't know but, about you know, that. but actually like could, talk about football he
0: could do it wherever he wanted to he doesn't have to be Pammac if he could do it like he could get hired by whoever and and be a really
1: solid football analyst and have fun and Sounds like he's not gonna let himself get hired by anyone I mean that's the, he's besides I guess I, I'm anti corporation I'm anti
0: every like bro what the f it's just tough man it's a tough way to go it's tough it's a tough way to live god bless you But you can't come on and say somebody's a pedophile or insinuate that someone is a pedophile. You can't do that. All right. We'll get to segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show. We are going to do that when we come back in. Special guest, Malik Ham, from a little bit earlier on this week. We'll do that, um, in fact, next. You want to do you don't want to do tidbit and tubular first and then do that, do you?
1: Um, I mean, it's up to you. I just we have this awkward. I got a lot out. of
0: stuff I got to get done. Right. It's really my issue. I know I'm all uh, over then, then, okay, then today. Today a, we'll I am p- all over the place. You want to do tidbit tubular and end the show? Yes. With segment so I right, number yes, we'll do that. I believe that works. That's the plan. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled
4: game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement great food and live in-person betting must be 21 please play responsibly gambling problem go to mdgamblinghelp.org gambling can be
6: a fun and entertaining experience but there are risks involved if you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer know your limit stay within it set a budget and a time to stop remember gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org.
4: Make the most out of it every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today.
1: There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The costa Sin is, is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday, and the staples of the menu—whether it's salads, burgers, fish—they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard, or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders.
7: What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com.
4: Come for a game, stay for everything else book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown, or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org
6: hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR. A reminder, we're hoping that Stan the Fan is going to be back in action.
0: We know he's going to be doing some of these shows next week, and we're hoping that he's going to be able to do his show again starting next week, as uh, Stan's been a little under the weather, although I am doing a pics video with him today, so I think that might be uh, a grand reopening of the Stan the Fan uh, content factory or something like that. So hopefully you'll be seeing more of Stan the Fan here in the next couple of weeks. So Michael Brantley has announced his retirement from Major League Baseball very fine player obviously injuries you know hurt him the last couple of years but very nice player i was a little surprised caught off guard when i was reading the tweet where it said he was a five time all-star i'm like michael brantley was a five time all-star because what i said to griffin was i'm convinced there are hall of famers that didn't have five all-star appearances now i wasn't able to find a quick list of like the hall of famers with the fewest all-star appearances but i just searched the term and one of the first things that popped up robin yount Only a three-time All-Star. Robin Yount. Who you immediately think of as certainly one of the greatest players in Brewers history. One of the greatest players of an era. As Griffin pointed out, a two-time MVP. And just a three-time All-Star. Griffin said, dude, in 1989, Robin Yount was the MVP and wasn't an All-Star. Now there's two things worth pointing out. I don't remember when they expanded all-star rosters and that's part of this, right? Like cuz they did right. whatever year and I think they did it twice. They expanded all-star rosters and it almost it almost makes it laughable. Like when we say Michael Brantley is a five-time all-star, it's it's not fair to compare that to a player from a previous era and how many all-star appearances they had. But it's also one of the goofy things that I've always brought up. Unlike as silly as the Pro Bowl concept is in the NFL, at least they don't announce it till the end of the year. It's always been goofy af that we recognize all-star appearances and the way that we measure a player when they do it at the not even the halfway point of the season. Like the there's so much baseball left to be played. And we're defining a player by like who played well for a couple of months. And then we talk about it like it's the story of who they are. Afterwards. We say, well, this guy was a six time All-Star. Well, did he was he ever good after the All Star break? Probably, I'm gonna guess. But it's the hilarity of it. Like we we give these we define players by this accomplishment, despite the fact that it's like a two month accomplishment. Some of these guys like, I, I don't I I would have to go back and look at Robin Yount's nineteen eighty nine season. Like Robin Yount might have been hitting two thirty the first couple of months and all of a sudden was you know a world beater right. after that it's just always been silly that we talk about all-star appearances in baseball and we've never come up with
1: like i guess they're doing an all mlb team now right yeah
0: but nobody has accepted that as a defining way to
1: they also didn't announce it until what was it like december they didn't when they, then
0: they, they had spent like six weeks giving out awards and then one night they're like tonight's the night of the all mlb announcement i'm like what the f we stopped award season six weeks ago. Not just baseball season. These guys haven't played a game in three months. And now you're doing this? Weird as hell. Maybe the day after the end of the regular season would be the more appropriate day to do this. Weird. Um And because it didn't come around I, I don't know if it'll ever catch on as like the way but the way we talk about a player, like when Michael Brantley announces retirement, as we say he's a five time all star. I hope that maybe one day we'll 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 feel this way about all, who even votes on all MLB. Is it?
1: Um, good question. Like, is it just, good question? Like, does Dave Revson just sit in a room like this? Is who I think is an All MLB player. I don't know. Early Win apparently was never an All Star. But I don't I don't know enough about right, the, right. The, that era of baseball to know
0: what that means. Like, were they doing All Stars then? I
1: don't I don't know. No idea. Uh, Burt Blylevin, I think, was only he was only a two time All Star.
0: Baseball, we're more inclined to like look at career numbers, right? Than we are in other sports to define like someone's greatness. But yeah, it's kind of goofy that for those two, you never happen to be good enough for those two months. That you Fergie All-Star. Jenkins,
1: only three time All Star.
0: But he was an All Star at hauling rocks out of my backyard.
1: Don Sutton, four time All Star.
0: Have we ever tried to reach out to Fergie Jenkins? I think we did. Did um, we?
1: Oh, well, I, I it's, not, what happens. it's
0: not the right time of year to yeah. be trying to do this. You know, like, we were talking about the Ravens right now. It's not the right time of year to revisit my Fergie Jenkins remodeled my backyard story. But we've actually never dealt with it. And we're 20 years removed, and I don't know how old Fergie is. He's probably got 80, 84 or something like that now. I, it's very likely he doesn't remember. He did remember, or whoever was on running his Twitter, whether it was him or somebody else running his Twitter, validated the story when I told it <laughs> seven or so years ago. But, like today, I don't know if Fergie Jenkins would sort of be like dude i don't I, I don't know who you are. I don't know, but it's straight shoot. Ferguson Jenkins remodeled my backyard one day when I lived in Arizona. I came home, and there was a man hauling rocks, and I said, that guy looks familiar and my then girlfriend said, oh that's that's Fergie that's again? Fergie." Ferguson Jenkins, baseball Hall of Famer, working on my tiny apartment, the, the six feet of the six square feet of backyard that we had in my tiny apartment in in Tempe, Arizona.
1: All MLBs are determined by a fan vote, a panel of consisting of media members, former players, uh, yeah, and I baseball officials. I, th-
0: I hate saying this, but in I don't think you can include the fan vote. Yeah. I mean, unless it's like a very small percentage. Right, it's like like like. Twenty, I would say ten like percent. Like it's got to be a very small percentage on the fan.
1: Career leader in uh all MLB selections. It's apparently it was established in twenty nineteen. So who has the most all MLB? MLB might year? be the first year I've ever
0: heard of it. <laughs> who has the most all MLB? Well, S- Shohei. Yes, Shohei.
1: Yeah. He's a six-time yeah. all MLB year.
0: I would think that Trout was mostly every year, although he was hurt the one year. All right, never mind. Whatever, whatever. All right, let's get a let's do this. Let's get a tidbit. Then we'll do tubular, and then we'll bring you uh, segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show after we take a break. Tidbit of the day is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today.
1: Uh, Jay Kuda throws this one out there. The last two national champions, college football national champion uh, coaches, were born on December 23rd. Will it become three years in a row?
0: Who else was born on December 23rd? Jim Harbaugh. Shut the F up. Jim Wait, Harbaugh so, and so Kirby, Smart Kirby Smart. Oh, there's not a...
1: And Jim Harbaugh are both born on December 23rd. Oh,
0: it's just the coach that won the last two national. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah, you yeah. meant the last two coaches. Like, this would be really... Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. If, like, I did. if Dabo Sweeney was also born on December 23rd, it'd be like, what the F is going on?
1: So there's a chance it could be three it's years Kellen in It's DeBoer's row. birthday. Well, good question. Kellen DeBoer. see if
0: I'll—I'll I'll be the judge of whether or not this is a national championship birthday.
1: <laughs> October twenty-fourth.
0: Mm. You know, I was going to bet Washington, but mm. now I'm starting to
1: wonder. You don't like those October birthdays. I
0: found a clip by the way this week. I, I do not remember what the question was, but at, like the Rose Bowl press conference.
1: Michael Panics was more on May eighth. I don't know if that no, does that's anything definitely, for That doesn't. No. Who no. Oh, no, no, no. No. It's, it's not, not good. A <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing?
0: uh Jim Harbaugh like answered a question and then went into a diatribe about how Jesus would have been a five-star recruit. I'm like, "What?"
1: But then I, I said, he just like kind of
0: that you know what? That's about right. But <laughs> it's <laughs> just
1: let's just leave it alone, man. Just doesn't care. I am um, by the way for the record, I am
0: betting I you know, you know this because I did picks yesterday, but I'm putting American dollars on Washington. Just uh, because of the points.
1: So watching the the semifinals on Monday, I uh you know, I was kind of thinking about, you know, Like all the quarterback needy teams. And I was, I brought it up with my friends. I was like, when, you know, like, I feel like looking at the top eight quarterback prospects, I was like, I I could definitely see eight quarterbacks going maybe in the first round here. It's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. Not eight. Yeah. Well, just, and I think it was, uh you know, it's been magnified because of how bad all the injuries to quarterbacks. And so how bad quarterback play has been. So like a lot of teams. Um but right, it but did like Cincinnati me think,
0: doesn't need a quarterback. Right, right. He doesn't need a quarterback right. to be on the field.
1: Um so uh it made me think though the most first round drafted, uh, or the first round with the most quarterbacks drafted. Uh there have been three times, three instances of five quarterbacks drafted in the first
0: round. Well the Jake Locker year.
1: Like Um uh, he is not on he's not in the list of these top three years. Was it the
0: Christian, Christian Ponder Christian. year then?
1: Uh you no. Know. That
0: doesn't. I I remember that being a year there are a bunch of quarterbacks.
1: Maybe only four.
0: Because that was like everybody was laughing about how, <laughs> how much they were reaching because there had been a run was on quarterbacks. Twenty
1: eleven draft. Um, all right, the, Lamar, the Lamar Jackson year. Correct. Definitely yeah, five. Was five. There were five. It in was two thousand eighteen. It was,
0: um, Josh Allen.
1: hmm.
0: It was Josh Rosen. right? Correct.
1: Josh Rosen. Seventh overall. It was Baker. Was Baker first overall? And
0: Sam Darnold. Right. Was yes. the other one in that yep. group?
1: Yep. Sam okay. Darnold. Baker. Sam Darnold. Third overall. Okay. And then was there another year? There was another was there? year of five, and then there was another year. There was a year with six quarterbacks.
0: Another year with five, and, and a year with six. You say.
1: Um. How about the Andrew Luck RG three year? Uh, not that year. Okay. How about there were four quarterbacks in 2011, I believe. In Andy Dalton was drafted in the second round at like pick 35, so he would have been five.
0: How five. about the famous year? How about the Elway year?
1: Uh, correct. Yes, that would be the year with six. That quarterbacks. was six. That was six quarterbacks. So that was Elway, Kelly, Marino. Mm-hmm. Correct. So Todd Blackledge. Todd was in Blackledge that group. was seventh over. He was the second quarterback taken. Seventh overall. Over the other quarterbacks. There were two more. In 1983, was this draft with six, Man. the most ever, six first round QBs.
0: <sighs> Obviously, Chris Hinton was drafted that year because that's who the Colts traded John Elway for. Had a nice career, arguable Hall of Famer. Uh I don't remember. I really don't remember who the other quarterbacks were that year. Uh
1: fifteenth overall was Tony Easton. Tony Eason, okay. Twenty fourth right. overall was Ken O'Brien. Okay. Twenty right. seventh overall was Dayton Marino. Dan Marino, yeah Uh and then there was one more year with five quarterbacks taken the first round. One more year
0: round. with five quarterbacks taken in the first round. Um uh Peyton Manning's year?
1: Not Peyton Manning. Was Manning ninety eight? Yes. This would have been the following year. That five quarterbacks Norman. came out in the first round.
0: Is this is this Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, Achilles Smith went one, two, three, right? Correct.
1: One, two, three, Couch McNabb. Who are the other quarterbacks that
0: year? they were
1: all top twelve, all five of them. They're
0: all top twelve? Yeah. Who were the other quarterbacks? I, r- I absolutely remember Couch McNabb Smith. Man, it's somebody random, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well one of the yeah, I mean the 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 twelfth overall one, yeah, was
0: <laughs> the twelfth o. so one of them was not random. One of them was
1: one of them was a good quarterback, yeah.
0: One of them was a good quarterback. Uh Chad Pennington?
1: Not Chad Pennington. What'd he been 98? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember.
0: Uh he
1: was a great College quarterback. All right, tell me the teams. Um, okay, so uh, the Vikings.
0: Uh, Dante Culpepper. Dante Culpepper, yeah. 11th overall. Dante Culpepper, that mm-hmm. wasn't just a good player. Yeah. Dante Culpepper was on track to be a Hall of Famer. At
1: one and point. then picked at 12th overall was uh, who, who drafted him? Oh, the Bears. The Bears drafted him. Bears. The Bears. Uh, oh, God. The Bears drafted so many quarterbacks.
0: <laughs> this would have been after Tommy Kramer. Or Eric Kramer. Uh, this would have been after Eric Kramer. This would have been before Rex Grossman.
1: Right. Yes, he went to. You went know, to college. Sure. He went to UCLA. Cade Mcnown. Cade Mcnown. <laughs> Damn. I had a I, nice uh, four-year. You career. know what? <laughs> You're not gonna.
0: I was thinking it might have been Cade Mcnown. I remember that draft getting a lot. I remember watching that draft from like start to finish. This is back when the draft was on Saturdays. Um, I remember watching like every moment of that draft, and I remember they had maybe Shelley Smith, like like a prominent ESPN reporter, camped out with the Cade
1: McNam- McNown camp, and it was awkward. <laughs> like it was awkward. Damn. Chad Pennington going. went uh, 18th overall in 2000. Okay. It was a year. A year yeah. off. Year off. I name all the 2011 quarterbacks. The four in 2011. There were four
0: in 2011. Yeah. Uh, 2011 would have been 20. Uh, well, it wasn't Russell Wilson because he wasn't a first round pick. Yeah. Uh 2011.
1: Was he 2012? I think he was. He's 2012. Yeah, I think so. I believe you.
0: Uh, 2011 would have been. Oh God, guy. Is that Cam? This was yes. Cam Newton was. Cam Newton.
1: Outside Cam of the quarterbacks, this was a good first round. JJ Watt. Okay, so this was the locker. Correct. yep. Locker and Ponder, mm-hmm. and someone went in between. And them, Gabbard. Blaine Gabbard yeah. at tenth overall. So that
0: I can't believe there wasn't a fifth quarterback taken because why in the f are you taking those guys? Uh,
1: because so Andy Dalton and Colin Kaepernick went in the second, in the round, second round as like the third and Turn,
0: turned out to be a lot pick. better than the three guys that went after Cam Newton.
1: <laughs> turned out to be a
0: lot better. All right, very good. That's a tidbit for the day. Tubular is brought to you today by SuperBook. If you're thinking about betting the uh, championship on Monday night, the line has moved again. Michigan now a five-point favorite Jeez. what what happened why was there news about
1: something or did something, i miss something Dylan johnson yeah
0: michigan now up to a five-point favorite at superbook in monday night's title game use the code Clark 23 when you sign up you'll receive up to 250 dollars on a same day first bet match win or lose superbook.com or download the superbook app and by the way the fcs championship game which mm. why in the f do they play that on a sunday what is Broid. that
1: are you sure it's not tomorrow? I'm hundred percent certain it's not tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I remember
0: everybody freaking out about it last year, and I'm being like, "That's got to be some goofy one-off thing." They are. Key. It's Sunday on ABC.
1: They should play it at like why wouldn't 10 it be the
0: lead-in tomorrow to yeah. the Ravens? two football yeah. games? Why wouldn't you play that at twelve o'clock? Let it be your lead-in to the two. I don't. It don't make a lick of sense. Uh, South Dakota State, a thirteen and a half point favorite over Montana in the uh, fcs championship game which is sunday can but those things at superbook use the code glenn clark 23 when you sign up here's the rundown for the weekend totally tubular wise tonight the only local team in action mount st mary's seven o'clock against canisius on espn plus tomorrow raven Steelers, four thirty on ES- espn and abc both networks as well for texans colts at eight fifteen. i imagine that's buck and aikman for that game tomorrow night Monumental, UNC Wilmington and Towson at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, the Maryland women take on Purdue at 4.30 tomorrow on Big Ten Network. Uh, ESPN Plus, Colgate and Navy at 1 o'clock. Bryant and UMBC at 1 o'clock. Lehigh and Loyola at 5. YouTube tomorrow, Coppin State and Delaware State at 4. Uh, DelmarvaSportsNetwork.com for Morgan State UMES tomorrow at 4. And on Sunday, CBS, Browns-Bengals at 1. Eagles-Giants at 4.25. These are the local games. I don't know if I can watch any of these games on a boat I don't know how that's going to work. I'll still have the internet for a little while. Like You don't lose signal until you're like, your, a little while out there. Yeah. Fox has Vikings, Lions at 1, Cowboys, Commanders at 425. Of course, the Sunday night game on NBC is Bill's Dolphins. Maryland hoops at Minnesota on Sunday, 530 on Big Ten Network. Mount St. Mary's at St. Peter's at 2 on ESPN Plus on Sunday. And as I mentioned, the FCS championship game Sunday at 2 o'clock for reasons. Yeah. I mean, like... I. ESPN yeah. just redid their deal with the NCAA. If I'm the NCAA, the first thing I say is, "Yeah, we ain't doing that anymore." <laughs> Why in the world? Or like tonight? Yes, been... tonight. Tonight. Been... Last night. <laughs> When there's no football to watch on a Thursday night, and all we've been doing for Thursday nights for the last six months is watching football, and we're all like wandering around yeah. like zombies, what do we do? Last night probably would have been probably would have been a perfect to night to play the FCS championship game and have an
1: audience for it because we're inclined to watch football on Thursday nights. We're like, all right, this is football. My, my mom texted me. She was like, "Why is there no football tonight?" And I was like, "I guess because it's week 18." Or one like, of these
0: one-off bowl games. Why wouldn't they just say like, "And what? How does it behoove the Arizona Bowl to run on a Saturday against real bowl games when they could just say?" Hey, let's run it next Thursday. Why wouldn't one of these one-off ball games be like? You guys, you're willing to wait three extra days? It's not. We're not asking you to wait three weeks. Just three extra days, so we can have Wyoming a, and Toledo yeah. a Thursday night by ourselves, no competition, and everybody's used to watching football on Thursday nights. I'm I'm not the smartest man. I said that already. We already had that conversation. I know. I'm just as dumb as everybody else. But it just seems like that would be a more appropriate way of doing things, Griffin.
1: Um, There's not a whole lot uh, otherwise. Uh, On Lifetime tonight is the the series premiere of The Prison Confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. This is the...
0: I've heard about Gypsy Rose. She's the... She's the girl. She had... uh, Murder... Yes. Yes. She had
1: Munchausen Syndrome? Yes. Yes. And uh, she she killed her mom when she was ten.
0: But her mom had been like abusing her. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was kind of like yeah. Okay.
1: Um, and she's like I don't know why, but like on like social media, like Instagram, she's got like five million followers yeah. now, or almost five million, or something. That's interesting. And so people are very interested in her. Story. I don't so know is, all the details of the story. Neither do but I. I. I know it's gotten a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, that is really the only thing. New episode of Reacher on Prime. I
0: believe the Golden Globes are on Sunday. I was gonna Griffin. get. To, I was gonna go in order. You said there's
1: not really anything else not tonight. Not really. Okay. There's a a good grief. On on Netflix. It's a Dan Levy movie. Okay, and, I'm, I'm uh, listening. Yeah, apparently, I'm a fan. Yeah. And uh, he, his writer and directorial debut. It looks really sad. A, oh, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> um, and then yeah, Sunday night the Golden Globes hosted by Joe Coy. No, not a Joe Coy. You're gonna miss him. Yeah. It's
0: real sad that I won't be able to watch the Golden Globes.
1: Grimsburg, uh, the new animated, like adding coming to the Fox lineup uh, of of animated adult animation. I gave up on that. A long, John long, long Ham uh, like, is voicing, I like John Ham is voicing Grimsburg, who is a, a detective or something. I gave up. Apparently, Sam Richardson has voices in it. I, as well I, as Rachel I, Dratch.
0: I just. It's all. It's it's worn on me. Like I I stayed with it longer than a lot of people did. I was still watching Family Guy like three years ago,
1: but it's over. <laughs> it's, Bosberger Burger's great. I'm sure The great Simpsons
0: show. is still as good as it's always been because The Simpsons is a brilliant television show. But I just, I don't have anything it anymore. It's I've I've tapped out. All right, very good. Uh, yes. We got to get a break. Uh, yes, we do. And then we'll come back in with segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show with special guest Molly Campbell. and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casa Sin is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at Costasin.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders.
7: What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis,
4: AJMichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today.
1: The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sportsperson of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the orioles magic season also inside we recognize the top people performances and moments of 2023 press is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the ravens terps and o's at pressboxonline.com
0: Hey Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm.
6: Sure. Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash sports or YouTube.com slash online. My wife made me change. You think she was thinking about wake? She was awake this morning at that
0: time. She could have checked into the flight, but that would have required her to know how apps work. It would have required her to know how technology functions for her to be able Surely to check Surely she uses apps. Does she? How about every time she goes to the, like, website? She,
4: she should have done that, too. Just she be could clear. have.
0: She could have done that. Like,
4: if she's uncomfortable with
0: the app world, she, she could said, have gone to the website. I said, now I'm going to have to check into the flight. And she's like, well, I don't understand why. I'm like, because otherwise, we have two kids. We can't get on in the C-section or else we're going to be, he's going to be sitting between two strangers. The six-year-old. We have to get on. How
4: much was the... Uh how was the money to? How much money for the early bird check-in?
0: Oh, uh, well, what do you mean early bird check-in?
4: You click early bird check-in. Nope. It's like twenty bucks.
0: And that's the good news. Is I got. Uh, A thirty-three through thirty-six. There you go. So I don't need early bird check-in. Correct. I'm confident that we will be in good position. Although you you are in good position. Although everyone takes advantage now. I don't know. No, they've they've
4: changed some of that. Yeah. Um. They're now making families board either I think after the A group or after the B group. I can't remember which.
0: It might be after the A group. Yes. I, everybody's taking because
4: what head. was happening, especially on the Florida flights. And then I know a person whose husband
0: regularly fakes an injury yep. and and uses I, a wheelchair, I which pisses help, me off so I much. I couldn't help but notice. The last time I flew, I looked at I'm like,
4: really, you people can't walk? Bullshit. Oops, excuse me. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> we're on the internet.
0: Um, for what it's worth. Sorry, I was channeling Rita I, for a second. I, <laughs> I was intending for us all to board, like. The rule is, I think, for family boarding, that one parent can board with the child, and I was like, "The hell with that, we're both boarding. We're not no, they we're like, not we're not playing this bit. Yeah. But like they say that out loud, like one parent and the child. but we had two kids, right? so I'm like, "You're good. but I think at this, this is when we were going to Disney World. One of them was past the cutoff age. Like Southwest like says like the cutoff age is like seven. I'm like, I'm sure a seven year old can go sit by themselves on a flight. I'm so sure." That this is okay. I think all they're trying to do is take advantage. So somebody will
4: have one kid and then they'll have 12 themselves. Like all the, the parents, aunts, the uncles, the grandparents, the, 100%. the whole group standing there. So, so we they're
0: were, between a rock and a We were going to do that I, with my grandmother. I'm actually a Southwest fan. I, I'm fine with Southwest. Yeah. We were going to do it with my grandmother. And then I noticed how many people were taking advantage of it. And I was like, I will just board the flight. You, you all go ahead. You take the kids and I will board the flight afterwards. I well played. I don't want way. to be that guy. Yeah. I just don't want to but be But
4: also it was way more comfortable you just walking on the oh, plane alone. God, so so plane it's one of those things way. where you were hiding in the weeds yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it was well played. It's definitely some of that. So so I'm not letting you go on vacation yet. What's that? I'm not letting you go on vacation for a few minutes. You, I know you wanted to be out of here but- I now. would like to I, I
0: the plan was to end this show early. So
4: today. but you
0: have a great it idea. By the way, this is John Colson, the most worshipful grandmaster. You,
4: you have an idea that you deserve credit for. So I didn't want to be announcing all this stuff. It's you know, this wasn't my my baby or anything like True, that. True, but you had you had the idea for how to do it that that motivated what's ultimately happening. It's probably the biggest promotion we've ever done. Well, maybe am, our tenth I, anniversary. I do think it's very
0: promotion. cool, and I am very excited about it. So so let's pull the curtain back a little bit. Yeah um, yeah yeah. You guys know we've been uh, partnering up with Guilford Hall Brewery for some time. We are big fans. Yes, we have, big fans. We have done Tyus Bowser shows there. Uh, we've had uh, Paige and Haley come by the studio a few times. Yep, they were here for
4: your. Uh, for the drinking sh- for the show. The drinking they show. dropped yep. off a
0: bunch of beer. I think Griffin got to enjoy most of it, I think, yeah, is the way that that worked you out. You liked Hard. it. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and enjoyed Paige beer. and Haley. They're lovely. <laughs> um, so yeah, I like them a great deal. They're wonderful people. So we, we've we been developing this relationship for a long time. Like, And I, I genuinely like Guilford Hall. I, I yep. never, the first time. I, I, I remember John being like, hey, we're going to go to Guilford Hall and I was like, Guilford Hall Brewing?
4: Yeah, it's a very w- cool place. What? With maybe the coolest television screen I've well, ever and, seen in a the bar.
0: And then like you pull up, and if you haven't been in the neighborhood in a long time, you're like, I don't know. I feel about it. And then you pull up, and you're like, what? Yeah. When did this happen? Yep. Like, what? And legit food, too. Uh, everything's great. The menu's great. Uh, everybody always makes fun of me because I order sausage, and then I'm the guy eating glizzies at the I don't care. It's delicious. Yeah. Um, The beer's good The whole thing I, I'm, the Speaking spa- of the, the beer The space by the way Is immaculate Yeah Like it's unbelievable The the facility that they And they're
4: opening Two Hall. new places uh,
0: Really? Yeah I don't know They're doing They've got a thing now At the football games too On top of everything
4: They've got a thing At the football games So yeah.
0: so John said one day He walked in here He was like We might Pressbox might be able To have our own Guilford Hall beer And I love like, that idea I was like That sounds cool like that's that's cool. But who's gonna buy it just because press right, box is right. on it? Was the,
4: that was exactly Glenn's words? Like, and you're
0: right. I'm like I don't I don't really know that that's it's like the
4: Baltimore Sun doesn't sell Baltimore Sun beer. Right. Nobody cares.
0: Like I would think that you'd want to <laughs> if you want to do something you would want to make it a like a more of a personality driven Yeah, 98 Rock didn't do 98 Rock beer. Right, they, they did, did it the, with like Marcia Lopez. Yeah. yeah, right. Back in the day. So. We started like I was like, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we did it like tied it into an athlete of some sort and like had an athlete who wanted to get on board or something like that and John and I sat here and we started racking our brains, right? And and almost like we both had the light go off at the exact same time. I like looked at John and I said, Well, it's not exactly what we're talking about, but you know who's perfect and John looked at me and we both kind of knew that we were talking about Tony Siragusa. Tony Siragusa. And the reason one is because when you think about guys that like to go out and have a beer, there's Art Donovan and Tony Siragusa. <laughs> that's that's the guy. Those and are the Boom guys. Pal. Right. <laughs> Pal. Like those are the guys. When you think about Baltimore athletes that you associate with beer, there's there's not. The, you know, I'm not saying that none of the rest of them drink. It's just that like a few of them were so closely associated. And I think because we're we're on the heels of earlier this year, I I was so emotionally invested in bullies of baltimore and i think we had just you know worked on the best of that was yep. celebrating Bulls of bullies of baltimore and i've said that a couple times our most listened to segment of 2023 was tony's daughter sammy when sammy came on with us yes. the day after bullies of baltimore that proved to be our most listened to segment of the year and it resonated with me, like it was a very emotional thing for me and I was glad that it resonated with so many other people and so many other people enjoyed it. But I, I thought part of that, and we, we talk about this, like it's, Tony's not with us to keep his legacy going himself. And when we talk about, when John and I talk to people like Griffin who didn't, they were too young to get why Tony is such an emotional figure because inherently, you if you just go to his wiki, you're like, yeah, he was a, he was an okay player. Like he wasn't a, he wasn't all that great of a player. You can't understand the figure that Tony was in why the Baltimore Ravens became the Baltimore Ravens.
4: And by the way, the right player at the right place in the right time, he was incredible for that
0: at that moment in time. The guy that went out, he was John the Baptist. Yep, this dude took it upon himself personally to make everyone be a Ravens fan. And that sounds crazy to someone like Griffin, because he's like, dude, the, the Ravens, they're like one of the most successful franchises. You can't understand what this city looked like in 1997, in 1996. Like, we were, it was a weird thing. There were people that were still in love with the Colts. There were people that were uncomfortable with the idea of stealing a team from a city when we had its team stolen from us. There was a, it was a lot of weird going on then. It was just a weird time. And John Zeman deserves a lot of credit, and the band. And I know that that story was told in the the the, the yep. Thirty for Thirty, the band that the wouldn't die. Like they deserve a lot of credit for bridging this gap. The the other of the former Colts, we ought
4: to contact them just as an aside. You're not
0: wrong. Yeah. Um, a lot of former Colts deserve credit, right? Like John Unitas played a huge role, and others. You know, Art Donovan. Like a lot of those guys stepped up and said, we, Lenny Moore said, "We are we are We're supporting." Now. Yep, we we want to we want to be part of this. We have no association to that team. I think Raymond Barry was the only one that kept any association with like, yeah, the Indianapolis. But like schools. Maddie became the play-by-play person. Like they deserve a lot yeah. of credit. But of the people that came in, there are two people. The first is David Modell. David Modell was the Pied Piper. Was a hundred percent the Pied. But Tony Siragusa, anyone that came along, was the one that I get chills talking about it. <laughs> Tony Siragusa. Walked into town, and it's weird because, like, he still had an abrasive personality, and yet he was he was going to hug and strangle every person that he met, which hurt, by the way. Yeah, every single one. Tony Siragusa was gonna come out and do an event. I talk all the time about how Tyus sticks around after events and like we can't get him to leave, and he wants to talk to everybody, and it's awesome. Tony Siragusa would do this at events that had five thousand people at it, and then he'd call me and complain. Yeah, because <laughs> he was also still abrasive. Like you got it. It was a weird. It's very difficult but you to loved like. Him. It's so hard to explain this dichotomy of human. Like. It, he was he was equally the most loving person and the most abrasive person that you've ever met in your life. It's so hard to explain this human being to anybody that didn't know him. Yeah. He hated you and loved you equally. Yeah. Equally. Yeah. And he went out and, and made the Ravens. Like he was hellbent. You're gonna love the Ravens. You're gonna be on board with us. You're gonna be and by the way, he was a damn good football player.
4: And you can say, because of some things he did in the background. Um, at the team and with the team, that he has large responsibility for their winning the Super Bowl that year. No question, because of the maturity he brought to a team. Yep. you know the leadership the, on that the team. The leadership, 100%. And, and nobody would mess around with him and Burnett and Ray Lewis. So,
0: yeah. Thinking about all those things, if we were going to do a beer, I said, John, what if we ran it by the Ciragusa family, and they're doing this stuff with goose flights. And we did this cover, you know, in the print issue of PressBox over the summer. What if we... And people really love that. And there was a response to that. I said, what if we did this and and saw... Let's let's hear what they think. And maybe this can be a win-win for everybody. We could raise some money for Goose Flights. We could celebrate Tony Siragusa. And have this PressBox beer at Guilford Hall be a little bit more meaningful than yeah. just the PressBox beer. And we started... John and I got on a call with Sammy Siragusa, and Sammy was like, I love it. I love then it. Then she
4: went to her board of directors, then we went to go for the hall, and, and we've got to... we got to be you, you want to see the mock-up
0: of the can? Really can? I'm really excited about this. yeah, a, you I don't know, see we, can, we can post a picture of it. No, I don't know what the rules are.
4: For yeah, no, I about. mean, there are no rules. We so could. this is what <laughs> well, it's going to look rules,
0: like. But. Goose Flight's handcrafted lager. Um you, you tell me, Griffin, what uh, we need to close do. Yeah, or you can hold it right in front of the screen. <laughs> you can do that. Goose Flight's handcrafted lager is going to be available. It's
4: going to be available at several places. It's going to be available at every Glory Days Grill in Maryland. Of course, it's going to be available at um, Guilford Hall. Um, they're also going to have six packs for sale. That's cool. And I just found out this morning we do have to finalize it, but but it looks like it's going to be at a couple other key places, <coughs> Jimmy's. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, which That's will awesome. be awesome, and and maybe a couple other places around. And um we're just really we're really excited about this. It's now, limited distribution. Now,
0: yeah, let's let's cover a couple yeah. of things. It's going to be available starting when.
4: Monday, uh, January 15th. And are we maybe doing anything to celebrate that? We are going to be doing something to celebrate okay. that. We're going to be having an event at Guilford Hall. Still working out the details. Looks like it's going to be 6 to 8 p.m. Might be end up being 5 okay. to 7, but it's going to be in the evening. Um, we're going to invite anybody who wants to to come down. We are going to ask, um, although not require, we are going to ask that they make a minimum of a $10 donation. And if they do that, um, we'll buy them their first goose ale and give them some appetizers, right? Right. Um, right? If they just want to show up and see what's going on, they could do that too. We're not going to say no to people because um, we want people to celebrate this. We want to build the foundation for a fantastic charity, which is, you know, his his goose flights, 501C3. Yeah, if, if, if you guys
0: didn't hear when we had Sammy on or didn't read the story, like Tony got into aviation um, later on in his life and the idea of goose flights was to help Two different groups of people. One was sick kids. Yep. Get to the treatment that they needed to get to. They've actually expanded that, and they were using uh, goose flights to try to get them to experience Any, any
4: kind, also any kind of transportation you need. So if it's as simple as they can't afford Uber, they yep. will fund an Uber. You ask for. I mean, so it's become transportation
0: across the board, um, which is awesome. Yeah, like which is just a, a really you know for uh, really really. And Tony cool. was doing that like on the yep. side. Yep. Calling and it
4: Goose Flights. They made it official and made it a 501 C three and have started a wonderful charity. And, um, and
0: and let's cover that part of it.
4: Yeah. Because two bucks off of off of their two dollars is being donated by the group of people who put this together, including us in Guilford Hall and Glory Days, per can sold um that goes directly to Goose Flights. No no fees or anything like that. There's no added. it's you buy the beer just like you would buy the beer and we make the donation. So on it's, your
0: it's a you know, this is your proverbial win win, right? Like you get a delicious Guilford Hall beer. And it's a cool can. So that, you get to keep that's the, the other part about it. And I like we've all seen this with like the Steady Eddie cans. We've seen this with like some of the other beers and like the the Ed Reed beer that everybody likes. Like yep. that's a cool can. There's that five
4: thousand of these cans. Five thousand. Five thousand of these cans. That's it
5: might that's to be there
0: on the maybe you don't want to wait past that first night maybe you want to make sure you get there on Uh, monday five thousand five thousand
4: cans so i mean i suppose we could make more if it goes really well so i it's not like we're gonna if it goes really well i guess we would make more but but five thousand cans um is the initial run
0: i'm really excited about it i'm really happy that we could do this for tony's family and for his legacy and you know, it's it's one of those. He's he's not here any longer, and you know his family's not based in Baltimore anymore. Sammy's
4: coming in on on the fifteenth. She'll awesome. be at that event. That's awesome. Um, uh, we have a couple other uh, surprises. Yeah, we're, we're some, looking to get a couple of the on. players yep. from Tony's team. Um, and that night is the first ever Monday night. It's not the um, first ever, but it is.
0: Um, there is a Monday oh, there was night, a Monday night playoff, playoff, playoff game, game last yeah. year. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep, I didn't remember yep, that. But there is a Monday one of the game. first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: Monday night playoff games. Uh, coming right after the party. Yep. So it's like a cool yep. football night.
0: Stick around, watch some football, do the whole yeah. thing. But yeah, we're going to be there at Guilford Hall Monday the 15th, and we're going to be celebrating the release of Goose Flights. And I will even drink part of a beer <laughs> that night. <laughs> I will have. Will you have one beer? Maybe I will. Okay. Maybe have one. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm gonna try it for sure. You can
4: pretend that it's your pig fat,
0: you know, pig roast. Pig roast. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I like to do. No, I'm I'm uh, really happy about this. This is very special, and um, a lot of work that went into it, and it all kind of came together. And um, yeah, you're gonna know, be hearing a lot about this. We have uh, a whole little promotional. Hope, hopefully, tour. there's a there's a r- there's still football being played in Baltimore on yep. February, and you know, I, well, then we're gonna need to is, order more is, beer. probably. is there a chance that it's available at the stadium? Working on it. Okay, all right. Working all right. on How it. I was boy. Everything is going so well, right? Up until that. Well, closed. no,
4: it's not dead by any means. Okay. It's right. just a little more. Well, it, okay. All it's right. a little complicated. All good. All yeah.
0: good. I'm not trying to. I'm not. Um, but we definitely know for sure. Available at Guilford Hall Brewery starting on the 15th. Available at all of the area Glory Days Grills and Jimmy's. We. Uh, well, it's not done okay. yet. But we're talking to them. It's all right. The, the, the I, I got
4: an email this morning saying, but we have to have a final conversation. Okay, so Fair it's looking enough. good. Fair
0: enough. Definitely Guilford Hall Brewery. Definitely all the Glory Days locations. And more to be announced. Goose Flight Spear. Very excited. Awesome. Very excited. Thank you, Glenn. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to wrap up. Have a wonderful vacation. Thank you, sir. Thank you. We're going to wrap up this week.
4: On a boat with 8,000 children.
0: It's going to be something. I'll get my voice back on Sunday. You know what that is? I'll lose it all over. That is a party prison is what that is. I think that's a fair way of describing it. (laughs) All right, um, we, uh, oh, oh boy, oh, boy, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Jeez. my God. Holy hell. John Colson was trying to take out the whole show. <laughs> Tripped on a wire. Tighten
6: Jesus. that up after this.
0: Yeah, let's tighten that up. <laughs> let's do something about that. Holy crap. I was like, what's the next thing that's going to fall? <laughs> Notice my reflexes. I did nothing. <laughs> I continued to host the show. Broadcast professional. All right. Uh, no Project Game Day this week because we, you know, it's just kind of a meaningless game, and we don't know when people are going to start checking out on the game. It just it didn't make sense. But we will be with you for the postseason, brought to you by AJ Michael, Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for Project Game Day at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash Online. We are indeed winding down for a Friday edition of the show and for the week. Thanks, everybody, from PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, The Green Turtle, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks today to Lewis Riddick and to Bo Smoker. We'll get it up in the greatest hits section of the oh my God, it's so good. tab at glenclarkradio.com. Have a great weekend. Go Ravens. Go local hoops teams. Duke sucks. We wrap up today's show with segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show featuring special guest, Malik Ham. Third and final segment. It is the Tyus Bowser Show from Mothers North Grill and Timonium. Press box 1057, the fan, Glenn and Rita, Tyus, and Malik Ham. It is uh its it has been a lot of fun tonight. We love Mother's North. Thursday nights at Mother's North. DJ from nine to midnight and then Friday and Saturday nights live music every week here at Mother's North Grill. I have a
8: day party. I'm too old for nine to midnight.
0: (laughs) Really? Yes. I see you still be going outside sometimes.
8: And I'll be home by 10 o'clock. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah.
9: that's kind of early i old lady. If you would have said
3: like 11, no. 11 30, I'd be like, okay.
8: No, I, I want day part. I want four to nine. Oh, you, Mothers, like day party. you got this nice little area over here. Little Do little
0: brunch Something well, that's from four why, to nine. That's why Chris is throwing the morning brunch party here. This is So wake I'll, and bake I'll go to Chris's. Party. There you go. That's where it's at. Yeah. That's where it's at. All right. So we teased it before the break. I've heard some stories. Some of your uh, former lacrosse teammates have checked in, Malik Ham.
9: Uh,
0: in fact, one of them, my buddy Carson, is here tonight. And then I heard from Nikki that when you were a freshman playing lacrosse, you were like six times bigger than everybody else that was playing.
9: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And everyone was legit terrified of trying to match up with you when you were on attack. The history of you and playing lacrosse, because when we said it, Tyus' reaction was like, "Yeah, yeah. what? What you were, and we can—I think we can all say it out loud. Not a lot of black people playing lacrosse, right? That's yes. kind
8: of, I, I, it's growing.
0: It's growing. I, agree I know. That. I know a
8: couple coaches. I, and I, I
0: completely I, agree. Mm-hmm, it's growing. No, he's right. Though. Yeah, he's right
8: though. No, no, but in Maryland, lacrosse is very, very big, and it's growing in in
0: um, inner city schools for sure. Al Harrison, one of the greatest lacrosse players of all. Jim Brown, one of the yep. greatest lacrosse yep. players of all Heard time. About that. So, what was your background? Why lacrosse? Like, and how much did you love it? I mean, like for
9: me, like I always like physical sports for real. So like when it came to the spring, like everybody mostly did track and like track and field. But I kind of went to the lacrosse field. And I gotta give a lot of props to my coach, Coach uh Coach Merck, and well Anthony Ryan, Coach Anthony Ryan. He was a main reason why I kinda stuck with it because I played uh I played my eighth grade in the eighth grade uh just for a little bit just to try it out and uh I didn't play when I first got to high school but uh coach coach Merck kind of put me back into it and he put me at attack and uh, I just liked it because I could be like it was like a physical sport I could play kind of outside the football season and I mean they,
0: and you could literally back everyone down oh there yeah, yeah. <laughs> dudes that look like me and you yeah. were like yeah enjoy
9: like definitely but I will say like so uh we was when I went when I played for city, we was good. And uh, like when we played other city schools, like we was always good. But when we went to the county, like they, they you had teams that have been playing with each other since they was like uh, kindergarten and everything. So we kind of always lost. But I mean, yeah, I, they just kind of threw me the ball at attack and I just kind of just played football out there and just trying to check it in. I'm ask, to
8: Is there anything that translates? from lacrosse to football that you could, that you could, you know, use that you can cross reference
9: in either sport? Oh yeah, for sure. So like, uh, especially at my position, like being an air rusher, you kind of like, if you pl- play across, you know how to creases, especially if you like at attack, you kind of how you got to, especially I play real close to the crease. Cause I just tried to back people down, but you got to kind of go around the little uh, circle. If you don't know what I'm talking about and you got to, thought- you got to... Huh? I don't, but I'm <laughs> yeah. listening. I'm so, listening. So, basically, I'm a, it's, it's going to be quick, but I can explain it. Basically, don't you know the goal in LaGuardia? Yeah, uh-huh. And you know how it's like a circle that the... Yeah, I know that. So, basically, if you are on the opposing team, you can't go inside that circle. Oh, okay. So, it's kind Don't you know how we run the hoop? Yeah. It's kind of basically that... That's kind of what I did, basically. Okay. I just basically ran the hoop, bend around the... I try to treat it like bending around the edge and just trying to lay up the ball into the, into the hoop and... Yeah. Yeah, people was kind of always smaller smaller than me. Rita,
0: I got to say, this is officially one of my favorite shows ever yeah. because Tyus is over here looking like me. Like, didn't know who any of the Baltimore rappers were. <laughs> Here's Malik talking about lacrosse. He's, like, literally, like, dude, I don't know. I have no – had you known anything about lacrosse before you arrived in Maryland?
3: Absolutely. Okay. I used to watch the championship. I always knew about Johns Hopkins being a really? yeah. major okay. lacrosse Hop- team. Yeah. I know they used to have the championship at the uh, at m and
0: Bank Stadium. Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
3: I mean, I watched it. I was always interested in it, but I really? just never knew like the actual rules and what you say the arc.
9: Yeah, I know what the
3: crease was and all of that stuff, but I've always been interested in lacrosse. Man, I've and,
0: and really. the terminology, because I call a lot of lacrosse, like yeah. the terminology is other, it's otherworldly. Like yeah. you are using language that you would not use in any other, <laughs> like if I said a FOGO, would that mean anything yeah. to you?
3: Mm-hmm. Go yeah. go to child. That's yeah, there you it. go.
0: Exactly, and, that's, that's and you know what? Oddly, that's exactly what I was referring yeah, to. So you exactly. nailed it.
9: Exactly.
0: You nailed that's it. Right. Um, you mentioned the the college championships. Obviously, there's another college championship coming up, Michigan and Washington next Monday night. I, I noticed. Is there any part of you that cares at all? Like because John's brother is the coach at Michigan? Do you feel any like? A connection. I'm, I'm kinda I'll kinda root for them because John's brother is the coach, or does that not do anything for you at all? I don't
3: think that does anything for me. I think it's great to see, you know, two brothers that's doing great and fantastic things, especially in the sports world. But um, I mean, I grew up in Texas, so I was rooted for Texas, but I like Washington. You know, I'm always a big fan of the underdogs. Michael
0: Penix is unbelievable. Yeah, great Great player. player. So, I
3: mean, I'm kind of rooting for the Huskies to win it all. That's just me. But I have a ton of respect for Michigan. I mean, they're super dominant right now. And like I said, it'll be great to see, you know, Harbaugh win the championship as well, you know, just to kind of bring on that legacy. So
9: what about you, Malik? I mean, like, I just feel like there's a lot of, like, i not not necessarily like, I'm not playing in a game, so I'm not like, oh, they're gonna win, but I just feel like there's a lot of connections with Michigan right now, like with Harvs. Is, uh, a couple of good players that they got that's from Derek know, Moore, yeah. who made yeah. that tackle at the end yeah, of the game. Definitely, it's, they got some players from here, and uh, I kind of I'm secretly
0: rooting for them, like in okay, a, in the long run.
9: Okay, that's I, cool. ain't, I ain't gonna uh, get too upset if they lose, but I, that's who I'm <laughs> maybe
0: I'm, if you tell everybody you're rooting for Michigan, it means more playing time next year, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
9: yeah. And make Mike McDonald went there as well, right? like, <laughs> no, like that. There's definitely, some real connection definitely. there. I'm, I'm definitely rooting them. for them, though, for sure
8: when you look at the, the, the current landscape of college football and the bowl seasons and how, you know, everything has changed, right. You know, there's kids opted out. There's been a lot of conversation it about, it's
0: like, I wish I would have had that option.
8: <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a lot of conversation after the um, Florida state Georgia game because um, Kirby smart made a comment about, you know, the, they have to fix this, which I think w- will happen next year when they expanded to 12 teams. But, Outside of those twelve teams, there's been just a lot of. There's probably going to be a lot of more opt-outs because you know if you don't have anything to quote unquote play for, you start preparing yourself for your next level. So I'm just curious to know you guys' thoughts on that. I personally um, don't have an issue with it um, because you know at the end of the day, these are these are guys that feel like that they need to start preparing themselves, you know, for for their next level, and and I'm I respect that, but I also um, Acknowledge, I also like acknowledge it changes how good the games are yep. now because I, I don't know these players now. There's third and you know, second, third stringers that are playing and it's kind of diluted the the actual games of bowl season.
3: Yeah. Um I remember I think it was the Georgia game, one of the one of the announcers kind of spoke on that situation with, you know, guys leaving out. And uh no, I think it was during that USC game. Where one of the receivers had declared for the draft, but he ended up uh, playing in that that bowl game as a way of, you know, adding film to his yeah. resume and yeah. things like that, where he was like, you know, I respect that. And then at the same time, I also respect, you know, Caleb Williams' decision to sit out because he's going to be the potential if not the number one draft in the field. It's kind
0: of like what we were just talking about with the final regular season game for you guys. Right. right. Like, why are you risking getting right. hurt? If-
3: exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, you can understand from that standpoint where, hey, this is a business decision. This is a lifelong generational decision for me and my family to live out my dream and to change my entire family's lives, including myself, where you have to make that decision to be like, you know, I'm just going to sit out of this. It's nothing personal. It's nothing, you know, as far as the team, I'm sure the team understands that. But you also have guys that you respect that is declaring for the draft, but it's like I want to end this off the right way or I still got stuff to work for. And I feel like if players go with that mindset instead of just being like, yeah, I'm just not going to hop out and you really ain't working, especially if you're not like no first, second rounder. I mean, you honestly need to be, in my opinion, need to be playing in those games right I mean my senior year, I was in the senior bowl I was you know in all that stuff just because I come from a small school I mean it wasn't small but I mean I still want to use that opportunity to up my draft stock and from there it helped me from whatever that they said I, from a fourth fifth round draft pick to being a late first early second and I can definitely tell you being in those being in those little things helped me you know, in the long run. So I just feel like, you know, guys, unless you are first or second round draft pick solid, like, you know, for sure you're going first and second round. Like, I feel like you need to be able to play those games to continue to help your stock and get you to where you know you want to be.
0: So. I think we all agree the real football programs end up winning their bowl games, even if their guys opt out. Shout out the University of Maryland. You know, like the real football programs are still out here winning bowl games, yeah. taking out Auburn. Yeah. Have you ever yes, heard of is. them? Yeah. That was
3: yeah. Good, man. Yes,
0: so some is. of us, you know, real programs. That's Absolutely. what I'm talking Absolutely. Hey, uh, what company has the ex- expertise and technology to make your home substantially more energy efficient, comfortable, and even virus free? It's AJ Michaels Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore, Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Those words coach Tyus came up in the last segment. I've been meaning to ask you this all year as you've unfortunately the last couple of years, not been able to be on the field as much yep. seeing it from a different place. Had, has those thoughts crossed your mind? I'm not talking about anytime soon, yep. but like the idea of maybe coaching, maybe scouting, maybe something like that down the road, like just watching from a different way in a different place have you thought about any of that?
3: I really haven't, but um, maybe I can kind of sense myself kind of, you know, looking at those things now that I'm thinking about it, just as far as, you know, the scouting part, you know, just seeing certain type of guys play and just potential and, you know, just seeing plays from, you know, from the sideline and seeing what can happen or, you know, even from my position itself. Just being an outside linebacker and seeing, you know, Malik and other guys play that position, knowing what's being called, and me putting myself in that situation. is like, okay, I see this coming. This is what needs to be done to make this play work out for us. And you see the good and the bad sides of it. And from there, like, I'm always there to, you know, help critique critique those guys and, you know, just whatever in a way to help. And, you know, me thinking about it now, I mean, that could – that can – be A possibility, you know, in the future, but um, I haven't really just thought. No, about I get it.
1: it,
0: you got other goals, like, I understand. I'm not trying to, like, no, 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 no. Time, I, know, no I know that,
3: <laughs> I know that part, but I'm just saying, from a coaching standpoint, I really just haven't thought about it, honestly. But I mean, that could be
0: something I've talked you know, to some other future. guys who, like, bro, I can't do that. They, they, <laughs> these guys are working 14 hours a day, no,
3: and I see it, and I'm like, man, uh, that's the part where I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I don't just feel like sending no desk for right. 14 hours looking at film
0: sleeping uh, in the office exactly yeah i
3: don't know if that's me
0: um, yeah right i, I think i'm that's... good too yeah. i think yeah. i'm all right in that department all right so the other thing you did mention it a second ago it is it is steelers week
8: it is
0: or hate the steelers week it is the steelers week or, or whatever you little
8: bit week if you want to put a little bit
0: of
8: hot sauce on it yeah. you know
0: there are, I, I think this is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, but there are people in this town who are like, I think the Ravens should not even bother trying on Saturday and try to knock the Bills out of the playoffs, let the Steelers win, and maybe the Bills stay out of the playoffs. Oh, the
8: Bills, the, 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 ironically, the Bills still have an opportunity to win their own division, they so sure do. all of that. Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, and, my, they
8: control their own destiny. Exactly.
0: Can you explain, because I try to do it, Rita tries to do it, tries to explain to people how stupid that thought process is, we're not NFL players. Can you please explain how insane the thought process would be of let's just go ahead and purposely try to lose this game?
3: No, nah, that's wild, honestly. <laughs> uh, that's how you
9: get especially hurt. against the
0: Steelers. Right? Like, you don't purposely lose against the Steelers. Thank you. I'm way more interested in the Steelers not making the playoffs to the record. Me too. Like, what are we talking about? And
8: Absolutely. and you being the one to be able to do it, to knock them out. I feel, it feels like the cherry on the top.
3: Absolutely. Because, I mean, not too long ago, they did that to us where we were trying to get in the playoffs. Yep. And they beat us That's out. That's a fact. I mean, that's just...
0: We've had our Christmases ruined. Exactly. So, I mean, I want to return Christmas that same thing. Malik, what would that mean to you, right? Like, if you get to watch their faces after y'all just eliminate the... Malik, of course, knows the F the Steelers yeah, as much uh, as anything.
9: i lie. I still remember uh, Christmas Day being mad because Antonio Brown getting the ball. Yeah, we, we, we don't know. like talking. It. We try to not say that name. Rem- we remember. I, I remember that. But, uh, I mean, like... Even as a competitor, like you you never gonna go out there and, and just like lose just lose. <laughs> like like even like if you know the guys in our locker room and you you know the Ravens in general, like we wouldn't even bring they wouldn't even bring in uh somebody with that kind of mindset. So, you know, wh- whoever's out there and uh they're gonna give it to y'all. Like you can guarantee that. I'm sure. No doubt. No doubt about it.
3: All right. And, and I mean at the same time, whoever the Bills would play like, I'm sure it'll be I don't know. Um, was it the, um, it was one of the teams in the AFC where it'll be a pretty good battle? I mean they play yeah, the Dolphins. Yeah, like yeah they play the Dolphins for the
8: them division on Sunday.
3: Yeah, yeah, they'll pretty much beat themselves out. So yeah. you ain't got to worry about it yourself. Like, yeah, there you go. Just let them do what they got to do. And then where well, we play, you know. And we repeat. Exactly. F
0: the Steelers. Exactly.
9: That's right. Yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Make <laughs> some noise for Tyus Bowser, Malik Ham, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, the Ravens are still just the second choice to win it all. Get them at plus 350 at Superbook. If you believe that another Purple Festivus is coming, download the Superbook app, visit superbook.com, use the code GlennClark 23 when you sign up. Receive a same day first bet match up to $250. Win or lose from Superbook. And remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.
8: I love that, by the way. What? I love that they there's are, still some know, disrespect. They, they just know what they're doing. They, they just know, they know what they're doing. They all the uh, don't look, like the disrespect. We didn't
0: really talk about San Francisco. We didn't. They didn't, didn't respect know. you guys at all. And and, and everybody that's
8: why i think that they know what they're doing
0: yeah right keep that disrespect coming hey man we just let
3: y'all talk you know what did roquan say we we talk with our pads 100 yep. yeah, percent
0: Keep the respect. percent. malik thank you so much for coming out and hanging out with us tonight
9: i appreciate y'all it's been a it's been an honor for it it's been nice for we've
0: sure. been trying to make this happen all season long we love malik he's awesome yeah and um you know as much as we love everybody it really does mean more to us when we see one of our own living out dreams and getting that opportunity, man, so yeah, appreciate it's that. it's incredible to see.
8: It. Yeah, and we wish you uh, so much success here in Baltimore. Hopefully, in 2024 and beyond.
0: Oh yeah,
9: for sure. Appreciate that,
0: Tyus. Love you, bro. Love you too, man. Always appreciate you. Don't know if we're gonna be able to pull it off in the playoffs. We're not giving up hope that we couldn't do another show. We just don't have anything scheduled at the moment. So stay tuned. If we can make something happen, we'll make something happen. And who knows, maybe a live show in Vegas, right? Like that's
8: what I'm praying for. That would that's
0: be nice. Yeah, that'd be pretty dope. Tyus,
8: would you be interested in doing a live show in Vegas?
0: Absolutely. Oh, I love this. Absolutely. I love this.
8: All right, let's let's kind of let's let's put that tentatively in our calendar. I like that
0: thought process. Like you that. know,
8: in pencil, just to make just to kind of speak it into existence.
0: Thanks to everybody for coming out all season long. Thanks to mothers, press box, grade eights. Superbook, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, and AJ Michaels. For Rita and Tyus, I'm Glenn. This has been the Tyus Bowser
5: Show.